0: What's up? We want to give thanks to all of our amazing sponsors. Piper Diamonds, your hometown jeweler. Bling, bling at PiperDiamondCo.com. TheCardenasLawGroup.com, your concierge level service, which is for all your personal injury needs. And Compton Broomhead Dental at MunsterDental.com. This is top level luxury dental care and Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. Safety first since 1927. All right, Kelly Cardenas podcast, let's go.
1: Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas podcast where attitude is everything today on the show. I'm so excited. I I just asked her, um, is there a title that I need to introduce her by? I don't think any of you need any uh, introduction to be able to know who this woman is. If you're on the planet, if you've been on the planet for longer than 30 minutes, you know exactly who she is. Um, my greatest, there's, there's so many things about her that are so amazing, and there's so many uh, taglines. There's uh, TV shows. There's um, you know uh, celebrity parts, things like this. But for me, the introduction that means the most to me is this person, when I saw pictures of her. Um, And then I saw her in person. She was more beautiful in person than she was in pictures. And most of the time, that's not the case. Um, And I'm not just talking about the physical part, which I am talking about that too, but I'm talking about the heart. Uh, When I met her, she's an iconic figure and she came around and she talked to every Single person. And it wasn't just the people who were at the top. She took time and made eye contact and spent time with every young kid at a convention that I was at probably about uh, eight, seven, eight years ago. And I uh, am so honored. I'm like a giddy little kid to be able to welcome to the show Miss Eden Sassoon.
0: (laughs) You know, I remember. Number one, thank you and congratulations. I think it's incredible what you're doing. And that couldn't have been a nicer, more rewarding introduction ever. Because sometimes those titles put you in that box, and you know I hate that box. So you, you just took my heart and was like, "Here, enjoy this." And I rem- I specifically remember meeting you, and I think we I gave you the biggest hug, and we just sat there and talking amongst each other, and just it was it was so it was way deeper than just a conversation. It was really just a beautiful spiritual moment. And I um I never, ever, ever forget that well, think- and you and your family was there, and then everyone was, it was just you, maybe you see that in me because it stems from you, and so we just reflect off one another and we mirror one another as as so many of us do, but i I, I remember that, thank you.
1: Well, it, it's incredible because I, mean, I think a lot of times people will see an iconic person like you. They, you know, a lot of the listeners know you from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, they know you about your lineage. They know you about the uh, the salons, the Pilates studios, all the projects that you're doing, the Thirst project, all these things. They know uh, you.
0: I've got to tell you though, that's, sorry, it's a really hard to, um, and I know I sort of put myself in those situations. And what I've learned in the last four years is, I, I think the therapist once said to me, "Why did you open this one?" And uh, I, and you know, I said, and I started to cry, and I said, I, "I miss my dad, and I wanted to respect his legacy." And she said, "You know, you have to be very careful whose legacy you choose to carry on." She's like, "What about you?" And I was just like, oh ah, and I'm like, what about me? What whoa. And that's 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 a whole conversation in itself. And then I get to, you know, doing speeches or something and I get introduced as Steden says soon, Housewives. I'm like, oh well that's a first. And I'm like, I don't really like that introduction either. <laughs> you know, like it's it's very interesting how we get, you know, molded into what we've done and the reasons why we do it, and then sort of you have to break that mold and and where are you at, at that point in, in life? So I think I've, I've been um, shedding a lot of like a snake over the last few years um, and, and learning a lot as to what's, what is my legacy? Why am I here? My father taught me so many things and I know that it wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't necessarily want me to keep him alive, but for me to be alive.
1: I I think that I was thinking about you the other day because we were watching the last dance. Right. And the last dance with Michael Jordan, I'm a big sports fan and, you know, a Michael Jordan fan and things like that. And I, we were watching it and it was phenomenal. And they started talking about like, they started showing his kids and A lot of times, children of iconic people think that they need to go down the path of the iconic person. When did you start to realize that, I mean, what I love about you, and I haven't got a chance to say this, or a chance to say this to you, but what I love about you is you've always created your own identity. And from an outside perspective, when you were saying that there maybe was a struggle, from an outside perspective, you never see that. From the outside perspective, my respect for you is so high because- you know, a Michael Jordan son that goes and plays basketball is in for a world of hurt. Does that make sense? Ooh. And <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the, that part having to live up to, and the reason why I say this is because I grew up as the uh, the youngest kid in our family. My brother is the standout. My brother, Rob, big shout out to him. Um, Hi, was Rob. exceptional in every single thing he did. And I was the little brother and my parents always told me it's okay to be kelly so where did this come from of you having this identity and understanding this identity and it seems like you've you've been at it for quite some time so where did it stem from
0: that's yeah quite some time is right cuz growing up i i, I uh, tended to has the connection to um uh, lose my voice and i was very shy and very quiet and so i always fought just to to find myself, to find my voice, to find what I was feeling and be able to communicate that. And that turned into, wow, this feels really good, but now who am I really? And then I had a father who, who kept presenting like, all right, um, where are you at? Where in life, what are you, what are you gonna do with your life? And, and more wasn't, that's the way that he, he worded it, but it was more like, use your potential. What is it? Have you thought about it? Get out there. Um, and I'm like, wow, why are you asking me these questions? I just had two babies. Hold on, slow down. <laughs> Meanwhile, here's a man who knew that he was, who you know, ill and had a certain amount of time left proposing these questions to his daughter. Meanwhile, at that time, I didn't know that he was dying. So it was it, after thinking about it and being like, wow, here's a dying iconic man who who really from the depth of who he is changed parts of the world and and gave it his all asking me questions. What are you going to do? And I'm thinking, what am I, what are, why are we here? And this is always a constant question. So we're like human doings, you know, we're always just doing, 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 when do we stop and just be and just be present? and just have conversations and just be really open-hearted and let the walls down and and take these moments for what they are and just stop doing, you know? It's like Alan Watts, he's one of my favorite philosophers and he's, he's like, in his English great accent, it's just like, what are we doing? Where are we trying to go? And why is everyone in such a fucking hurry? Like, if you think about it, what game are we playing? You know, I mean, and I welcome every answer and every question, and, and and I think it's all relative to our existence and and where we come from, ish. Um, I kind of got sidetracked from from the original question, but I've always had these questions and searches and and wanting to know more and why and 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 sometimes it gets in my way. Like, just stop, Eden. Stop. Stop thinking and accept what is and just be. Like, I finally tattooed it on my arm. Be stop <laughs> be the butterfly go everywhere you know look at what you want but be present every moment otherwise we are losing out on so much in life so I realized that I sort of had to start to find I mean I missed my dad so much when I lost him that I was like oh, the, who, who am I I mean, I mean Al's daughter I mean what a great way let's open a salon I wish you would have told me not to um I could have told you I know. I, I have some other, a lot of people we know. Like, Why didn't you guys step in at that point? Ah. Now I tell everyone, um, are you sure you want to do that? Especially now. But so I think I, I, I carry the legacy cause dad asked me a question once. Will, do you think I'll be remembered? how yeah yeah dad I do I mean that from a perspective of your daughter of course but from a perspective of the man that you are in the world and the industry um yeah I I do I mean as the generations go on it gets further and further away and it's and it's a responsibility of certain people to keep to keep that sort of um the craft elevation and then people who've studied under Sassoon and understand it alive um so I think the little girl in me was fighting to, to keep that question, of course you're gonna be remembered dad, of course. And I'm gonna make it, you remember, you know? And through that, it was so interesting being raised as his daughter. So I thought, you know what? I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna help. And I'm gonna open the nonprofit and I'm gonna get it into the industry and make, because he always taught me that it's so much more than just hair. Um, which it's interesting when I, as I keep getting older, I'm gonna have a book one day, it's called Hair Hell the story of my life. (laughs) Oh, oh my God. Uh, So I think I just I found uh, it's a it's an evolution and it never stops. And I don't know that it ever will. And when it does, maybe I'll be on that island, you know, somewhere just no expectations and just being happy.
1: Well, for all the people who, who follow you, if, they're, if you're not following Eden Sassoon on, on Instagram, you need to, at Eden Sassoon. It's very easy to be able to find. But what I love about it is you're posting real things about real life. You're not, um, you know, trying to put out polished videos that, you know, show a certain brand. And that's the thing that I've loved about you the whole time. And I get to love you from afar. Like, I've got to watch you and admire you from afar. and But also know that all the people that are admiring you for the things you do— I've actually got a chance in the, you know, the couple of times that we've got to spend time together. I've got real true, um, you know, uh, the, that side of you, let's, let's go back to little Eden. Right. So I just had my son, his name is Maddox. When you meet Maddox, you're going to die. Like this guy is on fire. And I just said, wait, how old is he? He's eight years old.
0: Okay. I feel like I've met him when the family was all. okay. And he's the cutest, the
1: cutest kid in the world. Yes. One of them. Yes. He yes. is. Okay. He, he definitely is. And so when I was walking out today, I said, I was so excited. I was like, I get to podcast today. And I was telling my kids, I get to podcast today. I got, I get to uh, work with Eden Sassoon. So there's two stories, one with Maddox and my dad, uh, Maddox looked at me and said, do your best always dad. And I was like, I mean, at eight years old, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to do my best. And then my daughter was so interested. I said that I'm interviewing uh, a woman named Eden Sassoon today. And she said, who's that? And I said, well, um, you know who Vidal Sassoon is, uh, uh, honey? And she said, no, I don't know who he is. And I said, well, he revolutionized the hair industry and gives daddy a job, uh, you know, gave him a job for a long time. And she's like, wow. And then she thought, because I said daughter, that you were her age. And she was like, oh, wow. Like she wanted to play with you. She's 11. Oh. So my daughter now wants to hang out with you. My, my son is saying be the best. Oh, my God, please. Let's go back. Let's go back to little Eden, eight years old. Okay. What were the things that were going through little Eden's head at eight years old that, that you were going through? I mean, were you, were you into boys <laughs> at eight years old? Uh, or did it take till 11? Eight was a it was a
0: very tough year because let's remember, so this was the, when I was born in 73, so this was, you know, late 70s, early 80s when Sassoon was at its, you know, well, a different kind of height compared to 60s, early 70s. And so my parents were getting a divorce. So eight for me was... um complete chaos in a, in a controlled way. Um, You know, there's no, there's no hiding the fact that in my family we have addiction and um, my sister was sort of on, not sort of, she was on that path and my mom was in the beginning of beginning stages of possibly recovering, but there was a divorce going on between a family that I, I It was a tough year and thank God I had my nanny because she supplied a certain love that I didn't, wasn't able to receive from two parents that were really, really busy. I know they love their kids and my dad's motto was, you know, work hard and provide for the family and give them a good education because he didn't have one. But my eight year old was sad. She was really sad. Um, She would actually, because she didn't have her voice, she would cry herself to sleep. And some nights at the time, my dad would, they wanted us to talk to someone. So they send us to therapy. Fine. I love it. Well, I would go to the therapist after having cried myself to sleep. Can't wait to talk to someone. And I'd get on the couch and I wouldn't say a word. Nothing would come out. I was just like this little ball of, of, I was sad. I was hurt. Um, And I didn't I didn't understand how, like, I I, I was sort of just like uh, more pain. Like I wanted my mommy to be around and and, and sober at the time. And then da- daddy was always, you know, gone for a couple of months, come back. And he was the best dad and gone and come back and gave me everything that he thought in his mind that I needed to He's successful as a, as a human. I mean, fitness was always, always, always huge to him. Eating healthy was always, always huge to him. And then of course, education number one, I'm like, I don't want to, <laughs> um, just everything that he didn't get, he just would shove it, shove it, shove it, which was good and bad. And I, I respect it in every way. Um, so yeah, that eight year old was really, really lonely and sad and going through that divorced family, but I was determined to figure out and, and overcome. And, you know, granted I got into my own addictions, but you know, she was, she was, yeah, not to bring the vibe down, but she was sad. It was tough. It was rough. Let's just be real. It fucking hurt like
1: hell. There we go. There we go. That's why I was telling you before we started uh, when I when I said, "Is there anything off limits?" This is why I wanted to have you on the show because the unfiltered uh, Eden is is real. A lot of times, people see you either on TV, social media, things like that, and say, "Oh, if I could only get to that point, my life would be okay." Um, so, but let's stay in the pocket, right? You have this pop is gone for, uh, you know, at times and a uh, like, like a lot of us parents now in our generation, cause we're right around in the same generation, you know, right in that pocket, yeah. we think that, you know, Hey, maybe we did without, so our kids are not going to do without, but what we don't right. realize, like for myself I've realized that my kids, like, I, I remember calling my daughter one time and saying, Hey, baby, uh, I'm on a trip for five days. What would you like daddy to bring you home? And she sent me back a video. Yeah. She sent me back a video and said, all we need is your hugs and snuggles. And we don't need anything from you to, or for you oh. to bring anything home. So let's go, let's stay in the pocket, though. Okay, eight-year-old, kind of sad uh, Eden, going through the divorce, uh, going through these things. You know, obviously, Pop being on the road, coming back, and he can provide everything. Like, provide anything and everything. The education, the fitness, all these things. How does it affect Eden's choice in boys as she starts to get to that realm?
0: (sighs) I got to tell you, I've, uh, obviously I'm single at 47, been married only four years, two kids and relationships that I've gone through. I, of course I jumped to the end to go back to the beginning. Um, I always say, and a good alcoholic chooses another good alcoholic. So I'm eight years sober in December and I am single eight years for the most part. Wow. So, my choosing men were always men that were either unavailable or i had huge trust issues huge i didn't believe that a man a real man sort of was present and stood there i had to i had to learn it i i still have to learn it over time and and look at my father for for the man that he was and and not the the how we all struggle being parents or present you know Um, and then you have to take that back, you know, if you're smart enough and look at his history and and my mom's history and how they got together. And, And at the end of the day, it's not their fault by any means. So the men that I've chosen, I mean, small example. So the first in eighth grade, Ragnar loved him. My dad takes me and my two girlfriends away to Hawaii for graduation. We come back. Who shows up at the airport to pick
1: me up? Ragnar and my sister Hold on, stop! And I that. get off the plane? A- 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 Eden, stop right there for a second. You're in eighth grade, and your boyfriend picks you up at the airport. Okay, I'm, with my okay, sister. Okay, but I'm old school, Dad. Like I'm trying to choke this kid out. I'm trying to choke him out. I don't care what he looks like. I don't care what his intentions are. <laughs> I don't care what his teeth look like. I'm trying to punch this kid in his throat immediately if I'm your pop. You, how,
0: <laughs>
1: you know what I'm saying? Like, Not my
0: dad. He was. <laughs> Right. Oh, lovely. You came, you showed up and, you know, oh, Ragnar's here. And I'm like, what, what do you not see, dad? Katya is with Ragnar. Hello, my sister and Ragnar. She took his virginity. So that should explain to you the rest of my choices. And it does. In so many ways, you have no idea. And then we could have a talk about relationships and Whole sec, it just, that could last a lifetime for us. So, in, so, okay. So
1: in eighth grade, your sister, now that we always joke, cause boys, we always joke and say that bros share. Um, this wasn't a sharing point. You're a, your sis. It, oh, never. No.
0: Oh, that's not I'm you. Never. Later it's on a joke.
1: Life, it's a joke. No,
0: you're right. Later on in life, I got him back. I'm like, I'll take this one for the team. <laughs> um,
1: okay. So you show back up from Hawaii. Your boyfriend shows up to the airport with the boy. Do you know it this time? And my
0: gut goes
1: like that. And I look and I'm like, sure enough, I, I, I just, you know,
0: when you know, there are yeah. a lot of things in life, sometimes I just know, and that sure as hell was one of them. Wow. And I was right.
1: Okay. So, eighth, so what you said Wagner, his, his name is Wagner. Or-
0: Ragnar. Wagner.
1: Ragnar. I'm calling you out, buddy. Ragnar. Hey, Ragnar, you need to get punched in the throat. Um,
0: <laughs> he's an awesome. He's no, really awesome. Kidding. He's one of my, no, but he's, he, Interesting how it happened. We laugh about it now. He's married. He's got three beautiful daughters. But yeah, that happened. And it was, it was, and then we started ninth grade summer school going into freshman year. Meanwhile, my sister just slept with my I had no idea what was going on. So that was the beginning to a long road of at 47, me single. Okay. Sober so, and drinking coffee.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you you go into you go into high school. You do you stay with Ragnar at the time? Do you stay with him through the time? No, no. You break up with the, okay. So do you? F- I went. I went uh, bigger and better. Not bigger, but you know, mm-hmm. I had some ninth graders to
0: date and some tenth graders. I got to you know forget the Ragnar. Did you they? Just, did know. they
1: end up being? I mean, because like my brother told me one time, and you've met my you've met my wife. You know who my wife is? Absolutely beautiful, greatest. I mean, phenomenal woman. And. Yeah. My brother once told me that my picker was broken. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he said, Your picker's broken. You keep picking the same person with a different name, different face, but it's the same person. So he said, I'm cutting you off. Was <laughs> your was, was your picker broken too? Uh
0: you know, Not with Ragnar necessarily. Imagine this kid in eighth grade who, you know, had all the girls from all the different schools and and we were like the cool girls from each school. He kind of had crushes on and I got him. And then my sister comes along and seduces him and he's a virgin. So, you know, I got to give him the animal inside of him wanted to play. So is my picker off, hold on. Yes, it's a hundred (laughs) percent (laughs) off. Do you have a hundred percent off and always has been and until now, which I still second-guess myself I just met age-appropriate. So I'm finally 55 okay. awesome from up north like really just Let's use the word solid because that's a good good word for me Okay. because sometimes I'll pick the boys that I can control which i don't want to be in control but it's just something that the alpha in me that's had to be my own you know or husband slash father slash whatever male in my life i've had to do for myself it, it gets it really kind of gets into these relationships and plays a role of an unhealthy uh <laughs> part so i i i have to i have to back off and just see you do things differently and let it play itself out as opposed to obviously we know the definition of insanity is running into the same wall over and over again and expecting different results. So I'm trying not to be insane.
1: You're doing a great job. You're doing a phenomenal job. Okay. Mine is on a lot smaller level, but I'm going to share a story with you very, very quickly. I, you, I remember when, (laughs) when I, when I was single, um, I remember getting a, a 95 dually truck like this, this big, huge, Truck. My my dad's friend needed to needed some money. I gave him the money, and he said, "I'm going to give you this truck because I can't just take the money." I said, "Cool." I took the truck. So I used to use this truck on first dates because I did not (laughs) want people to know. I didn't want a girl on the first date to know what type of car I drove and where I lived and all this stuff. Now mine's on a lot smaller level. How do you navigate that now, being who you are and going into the dating scene? Because there's a lot of people out there that are hangers on now. How do you navigate this and and what are some of the the safety things that you put in play to be able to almost uh, firewall yourself?
0: So I haven't, I've always been like, I am who I am. People are good by nature. Bullshit. Um, (laughs) uh, You know, I've always just, let's put it all out there. And I, you know, what are they going to do to me? And finally, in the last year maybe six months pre-covid like right around this all going on um and it's disheartening because i have to sort of put this wall up to protect certain things because people's minds get involved in this game that we're playing as opposed to just like she's a she's a wonderful kind intellectual woman not so-and-so's daughter or was on this show or has money you know so now where maybe you know i'd like to drive the Range Rover because it's comfortable now i'm like i don't need this i don't need this i don't need to be excessive with anything let's get a bronco and be cool you know like i don't want i silly things like why am i paying $400 a month for cable. This is ridiculous. Get rid of that. I don't need the extra. I mean, I've really cut my life to a thin and that comes with men too, to protect myself. Who are these people? And why do I want to, I don't mean that in that way. I, I mean it in the way that I've always been so open and so sharing and so giving of myself that I've really been taken either for granted or people just take like, even, even this sounds so ridiculous. A friend He broke his cell phone. I said, here, I have an extra one. Use it and give it back to me. He th- and he lost all of his, you know, this and that was taken. So I took him to home Depot and I, I spent a lot of money that he would work off. Do you think that I ever, yeah. And he's a friend of a friend's brother because I'm kind and he totally just disappeared. And so that was my last draw. And I had to step 11 hit like a lot, like to get rid of this resentment because it was eating me inside. And I said, you know what, Eden, there's no one to blame but yourself. And it's not even about blame, but stop, stop, stop giving all of you so that someone will appreciate who you really are and know what you're worth. And I would imagine so many people, obvious struggle, you know, with self-worth and, and so I'm I'm in that sensitive stage of of really understanding me as a woman and sober and where I'm at and and post closing you know the salon and the studios and that doesn't define me it it, it makes me uh maybe a, a silly businesswoman but what does that mean you know none of none of this defines who I am so um I really just sort of get calm and and I I also think that men certain men who are single have lost their way. Like, do, do we have roles anymore? Is, you know, is there a certain way to, to treat a woman? Is it an animalistic thing? Should you be coming after me? Or do I have to play like, always? Oh, this. I'm just trying to tread water lightly.
1: <laughs> so my mom always raised me with, uh, she would, and <clears throat> my mom passed away a couple years ago. And, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. I mean, you didn't do it. If you did it, I would have a problem with you. Buddy, but um, <laughs> I,
0: I wouldn't let you take Yeah. yeah.
1: But I mean, she's an amazing woman. One of the greatest lessons she ever taught us is uh, as boys, she, we would go to a store and wherever we were, she would stop at the door and she would look at us until we opened the door. And every door, she would wait for us to open it. And again, she wouldn't walk through. She and she let me know there's a lot Ugh. of thi- a lot of things that you could do in your life. You ever mistreat a woman, then I, I even if you're taller than me, I'll get on a chair and beat you with a broom.
0: I love her. I think I'm going to start doing that to my my kids. Go on. So, Sorry. <laughs> so gonna-
1: what are what are some of the things that you? Uh, you know, uh, what are some of the lessons that you learned from mom and pops that wasn't the, I mean, cause obviously I mean, we I, hear about Vidal, like the, the guy who taught you how, you know, took us from, you know, blow or, uh, setting to, uh, blow drying and doing all these things and these lessons. But what are those little lessons that little Eden learned from mom and pop that, that you have, have kept and stayed in the brain?
0: You know, he, uh. Walk, walk one that always just walking down the street, you know, we'd step on the right side of me blocking traffic always. So when a man, if I'm walking with them, if they do that, I'm like, check. Good. It was just like, uh, you get it. Um, really just acknowledging people and looking at them in the eye. And 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 for me, it just goes bigger and like open this chest area and this heart area. Relax this gut that we hold all this tension in and and be one with with that um, or if you would complain it was as if he didn't want to hear it like what are you complaining about you ha- you you have a beautiful life go do something for someone else he literally would and and thats good and bad to that which I at this point completely appreciate but he would just be like what this isn't about you there's a world out there suffering go help them and none of your problems will matter I promise you <laughs> Which is interesting because I'll take that sometimes into into you know i go I do go to meetings and 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 part of me and I, I it's a fine line is I get this overwhelming like, what are we all doing here, sitting and complaining let's go build a house, let's go water lawn, let's go pick up trash let's go let's go be active in our recovery and do things for other people because none of our problems matter truthfully, I mean God forbid unless you're sick or you know don't have. There are, there are fine lines to that, but to be honest, I don't have a problem. So I would much rather give my time and my well being to others. And so I do my best on a daily basis, um, to do that. And he, ta- and he taught me that he taught me that, and he taught me to be kind and, and to give of myself and to just, he had this nurture nature within him that was, um, really calming and powerful. So I, I just, I try to just, you know, I, I don't try. I, I, I'm i just that for others.
1: What about the little things that you said? Uh, one of them, I want to go back to it. You, one of them, uh, you know, a, a guy or, you know, a man, as a man, you saw oh, him walking on the right-hand side of you. What are some other triggers? Because another one that my mom uh, got me on. Now it's harder what? today, right? Because of technology. But when I was, First dating, what she would say is open the door for the, in the car for the woman. If she gets in the car and reaches across and opens and unlocks your door, wow. she said, that's a woman to pay attention to. What are That's some of the, What are some of the keys? Because what I'm trying to say is, I've got some single friends, Eden, and they're going to see this, and they're going to be like, <laughs> "How can I holler at Eden? Like, how can I holler, holler, holler? I got my buddy named Dave. You have my
0: number. Hey, hey, <laughs>
1: my buddy Dave. Seriously, like, shout out to Dave, Dave Jansen. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna shout him out. Dude is wonderful man, amazing dude, a little crazy. Yeah. Um, but if he met he like you, crazy. but if he met you, I mean, like as i mean you're on another level and so what are some of those things that uh you know potential could be saying like i need to have these things you know i need to be able to do these things that are triggers for you that you know that hey we can we could continue this uh you know you could you You could i think when
0: when a man has a fine line of 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 this sort of and, and obviously it relates back to my father like this sort of class with a little bit of an edge and he and he's he's confident but but he's also doesn't take things so fucking seriously like lighten up and let's laugh but do the right thing when you're kind and someone actually gives of themselves to you you can feel that you know where did where what happened to like and and i'm not big on flowers because they die but like every my dad would send me flowers every valentine's day And just, he would mess up my, one of us was girly-whirly and the other one was whirly-girly. And so he started later on in life messing up who was who. So Kat and I would get all different, like, names. But that's thoughtful. You know, um, just giving of a tiny bit of yourself where she's not expecting. Oh, wow. Like, no, that doesn't happen anymore. And I feel like, as time goes by from, and it's only been, what, 2008 he passed away? And I should be writing it down because I do start to forget. Although we would have, we would have dates. He's like, let's have our date. And we'd, he'd take me to the theater and we'd go to dinner and we'd have great conversation. Amazing. Let's, I think people have lost the sense of let's just be together and, and, and spend time doing whatever it may be.
1: Well, I think the misconception of men is when they see a person, they see a woman like you. And I, I remember being in the dating game. This is a long time ago. And my wife knows that I'm a very Please happy enlighten married. me because I'm confused. Okay. So as a guy, what we <laughs> used to think is that we used to have to do all these things. Like we used to have to, you know, we used to have to drive the right car. We used to have to have the right job. We have, to, And now that I'm a, a married man and I'm not in that game, it would be so easy today to understand <laughs> like, literally like, and when I say this, tell me if I'm wrong, look you in the eye. Like when I meet you, look you in the eye. Number two, give a real compliment, not like yo baby, but a real, oh. a real compliment, you know, that you actually see. Right. And then the, the, the third thing be Nice. Like, be really nice. And I used to think that this was the opposite because if you were a jerk, then like, because I used to see jerks all the time and they would have the lady on their arm and I'd be like, man, you know, it is not going to work. And then the last one is simply do what you say. Like, if you say you're going to do it.
0: Thank you. That's exactly it. I think there comes an age and a time where you're just kind of like, look, you know, you, you want consistency. You want someone who's there and makes you feel safe and comfortable. And I think that, um, these little games we play, eh, they're not, you know, we don't have time for games in this kind of world that we're living in. Let's just be open, honest and straightforward. Like what's, it's not difficult. Um, yeah. And the whole being mean or I'm too cool. Like, dude, take that somewhere else because that's not, that doesn't belong here. Um, I love, again, I love a little kind edge that's that, that shows a little bit of uh, But it has to be real. You know, that has to be someone sort of like he's got swag and not. Yeah. Um, It's a it's the dating scene is really interesting, but interesting. But let's talk about. so, So I'm in an interesting place because there are women who choose men because they need certain things. I mean, that's what we all, you know, we kind of come into this, we bring each other what we need. So there are certain things that I necessarily don't need from a man, but I would like, but again, that alpha in me takes over. So I'm by no means am I blaming these men, my pickers off, and I need to sort of change my behavior as a woman. What does being feminine and women and and not the control, what does that look like, you know? being raised by, by a very strong, um, respected
1: man. Well, with my, my wife, my wife, he
0: definitely raised the bar in a different way for me. He kind of, he kind of fucked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, dad. I love you. He did.
1: (laughs) Well, I I think my wife, my wife is a good one. Like you, you know, both of our friend Tim's story Okay.
0: Love Tim.
1: Tim. Tim is love. Timmy. uncle, And to my kids, he's Uncle Timmy. Like my kids have no idea what Tim has done. Um, I love it because they see <laughs> him and they're like, Uncle Timmy. That's Uncle Timmy. And my wife. And he loved- oh, man. My wife is strong with Uncle Timmy because Uncle Timmy, you know, will bring a, a woman around and my wife will be like, Eh-eh. or, okay, she can stick around. And he, he allows her to just be that real Do who that I love that who's that real person in your Good life job. who's that person in your life right. that is telling you like you know hey my brother actually told me he my brother picked my wife after he told me my picker was broken he came home from a concert he said I know who your lady is and I said who and he said Brooklyn I was like Brooklyn's my friend there's no way and he's like dude that's your right, wife. Right, oh, right who's that person in your life
0: yeah you know I don't know that I have I mean, the little chirpins of like, nah, but, but this this sort of dating thing with me and like keeping you closer and pushing you away, this has been going on way too long. And again, single for eight years. So, And again, am I to believe these other single people who are maybe a little older and a little more, let's be honest, fucked up? Am I to believe them? So it's like, I might have to call your wife.
1: She's a good one.
0: She's a good one. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to bring her over and- <laughs> She, Every week I'll be coming with another guy. Okay. <laughs> let's get <into> it.
1: <laughs> so help help us to understand. Cause I think that I want to dive into a, a part that you just talked about where you said that, you know, there's uh, women, a lot of times like a man or need a man because of certain things you alluded. And I love how humble you are because you alluded to me. the fact that there's things in a relationship that you don't need. Right. And I know what you're talking about. I mean, how can you navigate that, though? Because a lot of times roles get reversed. Like as a man, a man comes in and says, yo, I want to take care of my lady. It's a primal thought. thought like, I want to take care of my lady. And you don't need that. Like, you need the taking care of in the fact of the love, the affection, the, the being lifted up. How are you able to navigate that and, and help a, a man to feel safe in the fact? Because a lot of times, like I remember in, when I was uh, young and I was dating and I remember meeting a girl, and I knew who her father was. He was a client of mine, and I remember her father. And I was like, "There is no damn way that I'm going to be able to exceed what her father did." Therefore, I took myself out of the equation. How are you able to make someone feel safe? In I that
0: think that because my pickers off, and that exact problem exists or issue, not a problem, um, exists. And then I have this look. I'm I'm a lot just as much at fault here because I'll pick these men that maybe could take care of me emotionally and and heartfelt, but they don't have the financial stability. And I'll go around the back when all I want is to be loved. But then I'm like, I'm not going to take care of you. (laughs) I have two kids. I don't want to be a mom. So, so, okay. So you don't want to be taken care of Eden, but yet you're not going to help take care of that. So, I mean, the only thing that I can think of is that I meet my equal and back down a little bit. Let a man be a man, because because in the roles, you know, financially, like, yeah, maybe part of me doesn't want to always have to, you know, play that role. Which, to be honest, I don't. I'm tired. I, I kind of want. I, I'm. What does a real man? I always say that. What does that look like? Is it like my father? Yes, that puts someone in a in a very odd position because most people can't live up to to that Mm -hmm. and nor do I want that but someone who's an equal that we can do things together and yet maybe I love to give that's a big problem that's one of my love languages I love to give which which we know I get taken advantage of pull that back a little but you think if that's her love language then maybe she wants the surprises or this and that and and not excessive by any means because I'd be like wait don't waste your money these are things that i have to that i have to figure out cuz it's it's a, it, they all are on this fine line and it's like okay so who where do you give here eden do you want to be loved or do you want an equal and love the man it's like a very short window of opportunity for this man
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't think there's a short oh, opportunity yeah. I don't think there's a short opportunity. I uh, <clears throat> What are the things, uh, what are the things, Eden, that are the, like the little things? Like today I put on, I, I put on my necklace, not because like, well, there's two reasons. Number one is when I was growing up, I wanted to be a rapper. So a rapper always had a chain. And so that was one of the things. The second thing is. Can you this, rap? No, I can't. I'm horrible. Um, okay. I'll tell you a rap. I that thank I, you. I I will tell you a rap later that was awful and if I did it today, which I will today, if I did it in today's climate, people would seriously crucify me and cancel me. Um, <laughs> fuck them. Um, okay, go on. Because I went I went into a Mexican. Like my dad is Mexican and I, <laughs> I and I talked I talked about Mexican people so awful. Um but <laughs> And they are the, really the most, okay go on lovely people ever Okay so the chain right is I wear for that yeah. but the second one is uh Piper Diamonds this guy named um uh Tra- there diamonds in that one Yeah there's a black diamond so uh Travis oh, those are sh- I've seen that Thank you so Travis Piper was in the, one in one of my audiences said can I get you a gift I had no idea who he was his wife was a hairdresser he used to do the uh jewelry for like Big Black and stuff like that for uh you know uh, Big, Robin Big and he sent me this, and it was a gift from him. So when I put it on, it means something to me. Um, obviously, it's got, so well, it's got value, but the value is truly in where it came from. The next one is this, right? So I always wanted this, and I wanted it for 13, 13 years. Okay, Traveled around, visited his stores, all these things. On my third anniversary, I got my wife an iPad 2 because it was like the hot thing. I got through the line, got the iPad, went to dinner. I actually, before dinner, she... I, gave, I gave her the iPad, okay? And I thought I was the man. She didn't even give me nothing, eating nothing. She gave me the what? And we got to dinner, and she pulls out the Panerai. And oh, I, was I like, love her. And I was like, what? And she had flown all the way to New York City, because it was the only Panerai store in the country at the time, flew all the way there uh, from Las Vegas, got the had the experience, did the whole thing, and got me the watch that I wanted for 13 years. So when I wear it, I'm that's like, that's incredible, right? It's little things, incredible. Of course, I've got a pair. Of, I've got a pair of socks on today that was from my wife's birthday. Uh, that we did the uh, the Roots Festival up in um, up in Monterey. So the reason why I'm saying this is because. I like little things. What are the little things? Not the big things, because obviously Eden gets to experience the big things. What are the little things that Eden either puts on or puts around her that makes you, like, I feel like a superhero because I have these socks on, because I have this chain on, because I have this on, because of what it means to me. What are those little things in your in, so life? In
0: this, this would be my first one. So uh, the Cartier love bracelet that everyone wears. My mom gave this to me when I was 15. My dad gave it to my mother when I was born. So it's one of the originals. It's signed. And I've had it on my wrist since I was 15. And it's like I should pass it down to my daughter. But I just, I'll get her another one. I just can't. I just can't. I mean, it is... You see my mom in photos of them and she's wearing it. And then, and my, just, it has so much love in it for me. Um, that it's really a love bracelet, 100% a love bracelet. And I, and the excessive, I have two others that one was from an ex-boyfriend and, and one was me being, oh, I'm going to buy myself a nice gift. So I was, you know, excessively wearing three and I took them off. I'm like, who needs that? And, and they're sitting in the safe. Like, I don't need that stuff But this one stays. And then, you know, no joke. These tattoos all have a really deep meaning to me. This is my dad's writing from his journal that I I gave him before he passed. And he wrote in it and it says, this too shall pass. This is like the, and there's Liv, my daughter in there and Ty in another one. This was when I got sober and I had to create my own love story with myself. And, you know, it's got that sort of ghetto vibe. Like everyone needs a ghetto love story and joy. You know, I these, these are the special things. These are to represent dad and, and the industry. Can you see it? Yeah, <laughs> the scissors. Yeah. So everything that I perfectly imperfect, it's like, you're not perfect. You're never going to be perfect. So stop trying and realize that you are perfectly imperfect. So I, these are all messages, but means so much to me that, I mean, my tattoos <laughs> really are that, um, that to me, besides this, the this, this love bracelet.
1: So Eden, obviously, I mean, you grew up, uh, we can, we can say this or I get to say it, you don't get to say it. You grew up with a little, you grew up with a little bit of privilege. We can understand that. Now, the one thing that, one thing that a little bit of privilege brings that I found is a tattoo at 17 or 16 that we look back at and say, I shouldn't have done that. Do you have this tattoo?
0: Well, I I started at 15 and, um, is it a dolphin?
1: Is it a dolphin on the waistline?
0: Screw you, man. (laughs) Wait, so the fact that you just said that is hysterical. Oh my God. I went with my ex to get his hair cut and and a well-known stylist and he's getting his hair. And of course I'm chatting and, you know, me and hairdressers. And he's like, said something. We're talking about tattoos. And he's like, you mean like all those middle-aged women with dolphin tattoos on their ankles? <laughs> oh my God. I'm like, like that? Yes. He's like.
1: Okay. How old were you when you got that one? How old were you?
0: I I was six. First one is a daisy, and then I think I got the dolphin. Yes. But then my dad always wanted to come back as a dolphin, so I was happy that I got it.
1: Okay, but the daisy, oh where, where did the daisy? And yes, stop. I have
0: one on the daisy.
1: Come from? Where no? Where where's the daisy at? Where, where do you have it?
0: Oh, it's just on my it's just on my bikini line. I knew it. I knew it. See, there we go. And my best friend, best friend, got the same one. <laughs>
1: So I know what, what, so, right. Okay, so what were the what were the advantages? We're we're gonna stay in the kind of high school, you know, er, What were the advantages of being Eden Sassoon in high school? Because I mean, like all of us, right? Now where'd you go where'd you go to high school?
0: So I went to Beverly. Okay, so you went to Beverly
1: yeah what, what were the advantages what were the I mean even though there were probably some you know questionable uh uh decisions at the time what were those things that like yes we did this like this was so great what you cut out a little bit
0: there, oh, I, right, there you are
1: I was saying what were oh, some wait.
0: of the so the you, you have to remember so I'm the youngest of four so I had my sister, who was five years older, which uh-huh. was a wild one, but amazing, and everyone loved her. And then my brother, Elon, who's four years older and, like, the coolest guy ever. And then my brother, David, who was well-liked by everyone but didn't really go to school with, with us. And then me. So here I have these older kids. By the time I get into high school, granted, my sister's sleeping with my boyfriend, but she's out of high school. And... <laughs> and my brother is a senior with all of his buddies so I come in as a freshman knowing everybody for my whole life and I got all my girls from all different four schools going to the high school so the advantages were like I was already straight in with all the grades and like the cool kid but I was also very friendly to everybody and anybody so I was just a kind well, like just, just fun, cool, easy, you know, you've got, you had your groups and, and I was definitely that girl, but I was nice. So I would, no one ever was like, Oh, she's such a this and that, or it's bitchy. And blah, blah, blah. I mean, I just was, it was, there was no disadvantages. Well, okay. So one disadvantage was I went to boarding school. Um, I went to boarding school, 11th grade. And so this is just a small story. That was when 90210 came out. So you have 90210 coming out and you have the name Sassoon. So I get to this all girls boarding school and what do you think happened? These girls thought I was this, that, the other, like I mean this has happened my whole life, let's be honest, and the minute someone meets me or talks to me, they're like, "Wait, you are so fucking cool and easy to talk to, and nice I'm like, yeah." <laughs> like they think one thing in their mind because of you here Sassoon, which my dad was the coolest most humble great man and then of course i come along and i I, i'm like i'm really just a wannabe barefoot hippie running around you know can't drink but uh, i was born in the wrong era i don't know what to tell you so so it was it was great
1: well, t- tell us uh, tell us some things like okay. So we, we had a we had a friend right in high school. His name is yeah. Tex Jeff Andres. Uh, shout out to Tex. He came to our school from Texas, and we had no idea why he had come. We found out the uh, the story later, but he lived with his uncle, and he had a credit card. None of us had a credit card. This was like he was like the richest guy in the world. He used to take us to the store, buy us clothes, and then we would wear them for the day, and then take them back. Return like, them. <laughs> He did, he, did, he did this. He took us to um, to Disneyland. Me, my brother, and two of our friends. I was 13 years old at the time. He had a press pass. I don't know why he had one, but he had a press pass and a mustache. You got in front of the line. Well, he had a mustache, too, so he looked like he was older. <laughs> he, he told the people at Disneyland that he was there doing a story, and this was his camera crew. Meanwhile, I'm 13 years old, and I look like I'm five <laughs> We go to the front of every line. We have the VIP at uh, at uh, um, Disneyland. <laughs> tell us some Eden stories. You don't have to mention names if you don't want to. If you want to mention names, you can. But tell us some Eden stories where it was like, I can't believe that we did that.
0: Well, so I was really always sort of the I, I'm and still am. I'm a I'm a good girl. Like I'm for, well, yeah. I'm pre- <laughs> pre- I'm a good girl depending on a situation but so my friends i'm like if you guys want to, <laughs> if you guys want to use my last name then call and pretend you're my assistant but don't say it's me i don't know do what you want to do but i'm not i'm not going to pull that card because i'm not that person so they would call up restaurants or clubs or get us in or and say you know and i'm like you do it but don't make me out to be that that person so i could never ever ever but my friends would pull that card all the time. And for the most part it it worked, but but I'd make sure even till this day when I go, like I was just in Palm Springs and my girlfriend was with me. If my name's on the room, I look at that person. I said, you treat the staff like shit, I'm gonna kill you. You overact to something. I go, you remember my name is on this room. And the last thing I want is someone to think that I'm an asshole. (laughs) So it's one like kind of disadvantage because I'm like, be careful. Um, but as a kid, oh my God, my dad had a, oh, poor dad. He had four kids who took total advantage. <laughs> poor dad. We had an account at Nate Now's in Beverly Hills, which is the dumbest thing he could have ever done. But he wanted us to make sure that, you know, we could go and eat after school or, you know, it was, it was our account. Well, each kid showed up with like, 10, 12 friends at a time, and we would take over half this you Nate know, now's deli, and my dad would get these bills. Holy shit. I'm like, well, why do we, what do you mean? What am I telling my friends to wait outside while I'm eating? Of course, you know, and he was always the type of man that the the, the bill came, he got it, you know, which, so I, I don't know. I mean, things just, but I was always very quiet and like stood back and just kind of like, well, I, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm the same as you. So wait. So then he, my dad said, he said, get a job. And if you want to drop out of school, cause I did, I thought I wanted to be an actress. If you want to drop out of school, get a job. I said, fine, I'll get a job. I can be like everyone else. So meanwhile, some of my girlfriends were stripping. I was like, damn it. Why can't I go do that? <laughs> I'm like I can't ruin his last name and be a stripper. Um, and so I'm like, okay, so I have to get the right job. <laughs> it sucks. I'm like, forget. I'll just work at restaurants, and I loved it. I had the best time. And he's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "You told me to get a job. I'm going to get any job." And he loved it. He loved. I worked at Mrs. Fields. I was a waitress. I worked at yogurt shops. I worked at clothing shops. And he was like, "You're amazing." I'm like, "Thanks, Dad." <laughs> well,
1: it's not the- that hard. Well, being able to see, I mean, being able to see the, the reality of it, I think that that's, that's an incredible, incredible thing. So, you know, growing up in what you did, right, it was normal for you to be around, like, you know, whether it be uh, celebrity side, the actors, the actresses, the kids of actors, actresses, things like that. Did you, growing up, did you ever look around and have any pinch me moments, um, you know, and if so, uh, what have they been? And and especially nowadays, like because pretty much life is, your normal is not normal, right? <laughs> I, I try have- to let that
0: resonate and yes, but then that makes me feel sad. And then I, not, not sad, but, uh, it makes me feel responsible that I need to do more and give more of myself to others. That normal is, is totally different. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So who's that? Who, like when you were growing up, let's go, let's go past and then we'll go present and then we'll go future. So past, who was the person that you came around and you were like, Oh damn, that's that person's dad. I I'm so excited about it. Did you have any of those? Like for me, I uh I freaked out the other day because um you know I had the general manager of the Tennessee Titans on the podcast and I was so excited and I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. I was like six. I turned back to like six years old. We've all got those people. Mine are not I'm gonna share more with you here in a bit, and mine aren't the normal ones. Um but I
0: think I'm like you though. Mine aren't the normal
1: either. So so tell us the the okay. And so then- growing
0: up, we, we would have season tickets courtside to, which isn't normal, well, uh, to the Laker games. Yes. and Magic uh, time.
1: Magic time. Yes.
0: And magic would put me on his shoulders. And to me, that was like, oh, my God, he also was dating Linda Turner, my dad's secretary at the time. I mean, I was a kid a kid, a kid, a kid, a kid, a kid. And I just with my yellow jacket, it was satin. And I I, that was like, Oh, my God, you know, these athletes were just so incredible. And it was so fun. So then cut to a little later on. And later on in life, I think I was had my son. So this was a lot later, I saw him. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't do this. And I don't I'm not this person. But I fucking love you just because you're just a rock star and through it all, you have such dignity and like you get out there and you make it happen and there's there's something about an athlete that I just, that's where it's at. Like, whoa, cause they use their body and then their mind and then the force they put behind it. Um, so yeah, I, I kinda, and I said, do you remember Oh my God, I said, well, I was really little and like, and I totally, I had a fucking freak moment for magic.
1: I love Big it. Time. I love it. Okay, Magic, <clears throat> this is my moment with Magic. It's not my moment, it's my brother's. He was in Santa Barbara, uh-huh. my brother, huge fan, always a uh, Magic Johnson fan, favorite player of all time. My brother sees him in Santa Barbara, approaches him and says, "Magic, can I get a picture?" He declines because he says, "You know, I would like to, but then everyone's going to want a picture." Yeah, 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 yeah. So <clears throat> I told him this story, and I said, you still owe my brother a picture. Like, we met him at a Paul Mitchell event, and I said, well, Magic. Well, I
0: was going to tell you. The Paul Mitchell event, we were all there together, so I have the greatest picture of me, Terrell, and I brought T.O. that night as my date, and then Magic, and I was like, the happy little girl at the event.
1: Oh, yeah, and I told I said, Magic, I'm, I'm calling you to the table because you still owe my brother like a, a apology for not taking a picture with him as a kid. Um, I'm joking with him, so, uh, you know, but... Okay, so who was your celebrity crush growing up? Like mine, Alyssa, yeah. Ma- Alyssa Milano, Alyssa it's Milano. So funny.
0: Everyone loved Alyssa or she- Nicole Eggert.
1: Well, Alyssa Milano was was big uh, for me. I, Winnie Cooper uh, from Danica McKellar from The Wonder Years. Watching
0: Love it, watching yeah. it
1: right now. I mean, <laughs> that, that was my that was my you know. Hey, I'm trying to talk to her. And the secret one that I never told anyone about was. Uh, uh, Kimberly on different strokes, the sister. Really? Yeah. But I didn't tell any of my boys because she wasn't like the, was the you know, bond, right? yeah, she the wasn't, and she wasn't the hot, like she wasn't that, that. And then the other one, the last one that I'll tell you is, um, Ashley on the fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Tatiana M. Ali. Like I had it. I, I need to go
0: look that one. Cause I can't put her face in my head. Right She's now. the
1: youngest daughter. She was the youngest one on fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So who was your celebrity crush?
0: So okay, all my celebrity crushes, I actually either met, dated, or suffered. <laughs> 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 well, how far do you want to go back? Let's go and back. Now, Let's go back. You know, I have a celebrity crush now. I'm just like, can someone please get his 23 year old g- girlfriend away? And I, I do I do I resemble Fergie at all? I mean, because Josh Duhamel, hands down, I would maybe just catered to for the rest of my life. And that's a large thing for me to say.
1: Hey Josh, you better recognize Josh. You better oh. drop that 23 year old. You better come in. <laughs> I mean, I, I tell you, okay. All right. So who 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 was the first? I mean, anybody anybody else? Who was the one that you didn't tell anyone about?
0: Oh God, as I was a kid, why do I like I brought block out these memories? Well, you know, music was a big thing for me. So I had crushes on random like Prince and Voyage George and Duran Duran and like they were in my heart. It, it was different. It was more like, "Oh my god, I love these people." Whereas now, physically or looking at it, like obviously it's not that that type of thing. Um, as I got a, a little older, it was like you know, the, the Stephen Dorff who uh, we have a past, and Neil Patrick Harris before he was when he was straight. I loved him. We loved each other, and Scotty Con. He was my boyfriend forever. Um, so it was like these. Oh yeah. And then there was Orlando Bloom.
1: Yes. Oh. Orlando, uh, or was Orlando Bloom before Big Fish?
0: This was Orlando when he did prior to, what was this one he did? Um, uh, he had a mohawk. His hmm. first movie.
1: I'm trying to think of the movie.
0: It was way far out and he had a mohawk. It was one of those like period pieces. um and we were at the whiskey bar and I literally like I'm walking in and he's walking out and I had no idea who this guy is. And we face to face and like the eyes connect and I'm looking into his soul. I'm like, this man is drop dead gorgeous. And then I looked up and I see this mohawk. I'm like, Oh, go figure. And I didn't know that he was Orlando Bloom and Oh, just it was a beautiful connection and the night didn't end there.
1: Mm. Okay. What yeah. is, what's your go-to? Cause uh, Eden, you've got game. Like, you know, that now, I could say that you're, you're not going to say that because you're humble, but you've got game. What's your go-to? What's the thing that, you know, you can either say you could do that. It's like curtains. Like you want, I mean, you want to hang out. We're going to hang out.
0: It, you know what it is? And my friends always laugh at me. It's this energy that I've come to. Okay. I get it. That I sort of step back and it's all in the eyes. And the energy that comes out of my eyes to this person, that's how I got my ex-husband too. It was just like, shh. And then it's its this just slow, they almost feel uncomfortable, but they're like, wow, she's sexy. What is she saying? She's quiet. She's not like a needy, spazzy girl. Like, And I just, I sort of draw them in slowly like this. And I, I don't know. It's, it's this little uh, golden nugget that thank God is hides in me. I'll, you know, like... <laughs>
1: <laughs> so who is okay we we said josh Dumel is the uh oh. is josh dumell and you even uh, like when oh. when the people are watching this Wait, they, hey, they just have watch. you been
0: watching um uh, what have you uh kingdom? kingdom the mma they're fighting oh my god it's so good it's on netflix kingdom the lead first of all they're all incredible but frank frank i'm forgetting his last name oh What? I I mean, I guess I have celebrity crushes more in my older age than in my younger age because I kind of, maybe it was because back then I just got whoever I wanted. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Marky Mark, hands down, was on the list. Marky Mark, not Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark.
1: Okay. So did you meet Marky Mark during Marky Mark time? Yes.
0: And then I had this really interesting experience because my friends were friends with him, and of course I'll be honest with you. Come on, let's go to the room. And there's a bunch of people there, and there's a hotel, and blah, blah blah. And I'm going in the bathroom, and I go to the bathroom, and I see something in the a condom in the toilet, and I'm like, "Get me out of here!" Meanwhile, they're like, "You know, I mean, those were his days. It was like, keep her here, you know, she's next type thing." I'm like, "No, get me out of here!" Um, and he's the most incredible guy. But that's when we were kids, you know.
1: Great producer too. I mean, phenomenal oh, he's producer. Incredible. He's
0: hands down, just talented, right? With physical, with his just singing, his acting, the way that he treats people. He's kind, he's respectable. I love that he's been married a long time and has a family and, you know, plays his part. And yeah, he's a good guy. So, you know, we, we, uh, sorry that I had to bring up that bad moment for you, Mark, but...
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I tell you, entourage, Um, life-changing. I'm a big fan of ballers, too, which I think is great. So let's go to the future. Who is the person that you haven't met that would be that, oh, my God, that would turn Eden into that five-year-old that was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Who would that be now?
0: As like a crush or as like a mad respect?
1: Let's do both.
0: Mad respect would be like a Denzel Washington. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He just, and you know, the Anthony Hopkins, um, but, but he, I see him. We have a mutual uh, playground. Um, those are just men. Isn't it weird? Why are we,
1: there's I, no, well, I'm we, like, there's no women involved in this situation. Um, well, Eden, Eden, if we go back, <laughs> if we go back to the story, I mean, we go back to the story I, of Eden growing up. We know why that is. Right. You know, why uh, that, you know why that is. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a big presence. So uh, Denzel it's funny. Cause I got to meet Denzel at the two most iconic dudes in my life. As far as number one rock star, who's your number one rock star? Like hands down actual rock star. Like when you see him, you're just like, wow. I he's mean, on I, that have next have level. Soft,
0: I have a soft, weird space in my heart for Jack Johnson. Like I just melt. I can't help it. I mean, I know I wouldn't call him a number one rock star, but like in my heart, he just, he just, in any situation he comes up, I'm just like, oh, I'm alive.
1: <laughs> what about, rock, what about rock star? Like uh, that you see him and you're just like, he doesn't even live on this planet. He's just, he just is, or I'm trying she. to guess
0: yours or. now.
1: Who would you think well, mine I mean, is? Who would he, you think?
0: Dang, you know, he's amazing. Who would I think of yours? Of our generation?
1: I, What's going to kill me though here, Eden, is knowing you, I'm going to say his name and you're going to be like, oh, I hung out with him yesterday. Um, so I'm just joking with you. You're going to be like, oh, he's in the back room. Well, let me, let me pick him up
0: with my sister. He's
1: he's making tea right now. Um, you know, so (laughs) something he's doing Pilates in the back. Oh, that would be awesome. Who is it now? Lenny Kravitz.
0: Oh, Lenny. He's hot too. You're like the white Lenny Kravitz.
1: That is a good compliment. That is
0: totally like you. Just got to get your guitar and like you learn how to play,
1: learn how to sing, and
0: uh, this is our make-believe world. You're (laughs) totally. I could see the two of you on stage, like rocking together. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. The second one is is not as popular, but I think that this guy is the sexiest man alive. Alive. Rock star or just Maxwell? I mean, that there's that song. Yeah, he's. Now, I'm talking early Maxwell when he first came out, Urban Angelic. Hang Sweet, A- Angelic, sexiest man. He is born on the same day as me. I have not met him yet. I want him on the podcast. I'm going to really? stay after him until I get him. Um, this guy, seriously, I permed my hair on pipe cleaners because I saw the way that <laughs> ladies looked at Maxwell, and I just looked like Greg Brady when I was done. Like, sexiest no, man. It-
0: where you you know you have that set that like no i mean he is he is beautiful what is it pretty 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 it's one of my favorite favorite wings oh god that
1: yeah eden Um, eden i'll tell you this do not listen to urban hang suite with anyone who you don't want to have a relationship with
0: why to i need to i need to download that
1: urban hang suite the first one i'm telling you this is like you turn that on it's on. You don't even need your game where you pull them in. Just turn that song on. It's over. Like don't play <laughs> Maxwell with anyone who you just want to be friends with. You don't need, okay. you just need to turn it off. Uh, just leave it for another day. But the reason so why I tried- just
0: made a list on my, on my phone, which I should turn on for a second just because I made a list of in my, in my uh, music watch, I'll show you. It's really kind of funny. So can you see the top of that?
1: uh nobody uh nobody but you who's the-, the one the one so the playlist is called the one. Oh yes yes you better put Maxwell in there
0: so I have to add him in there because I'm like oh these are songs and they're all country love songs I don't know what happened to me but it happened um I have to add Maxwell in there
1: and you sure. need to do D'Angelo D'Angelo the first one brown sugar oh. brown sugar
0: yeah but is that for the one or is that the one right now That's kind of a one right
1: now. I'm telling you. I mean, it was good. So, and,
0: then, and then you're out. The song ends and you're out.
1: <laughs> well, I was, I, was, I was telling you about uh, meeting Denzel. So Denzel, I met him at a uh, Lenny Kravitz concert. Where where were you? Not so not this, here. No, this was in Vegas. So this was years okay. ago. We go to a, it's, a, uh, what was it? Intel.com had him at a private show. So he didn't play any of his normal stuff. He played all the stuff that real fans like. And then yeah. my buddy was security. So I wasn't eating Sassoon. So, soon. so I, I went backstage because of the security. And I was hanging with uh, Cindy Blackman, his drummer. <clears throat> and yeah. I told her that my brother had just graduated from law school. Huge fan of Lenny Kravitz too. She signs one of the sticks for him that she played with. And I look over and I'm sitting next to Denzel and then Lenny walks by and I high five Lenny. So I high five Lenny. I'm sitting next to Denzel and Cindy Blackman is right there. So See to me, this
0: means so much, be- and and is so special because these are and, and we don't know them personally, personally, but they're like well-respected people. Like you can acknowledge their craft, and like they they make a difference in certain ways, as opposed to just taking up a certain amount of space and you know, talk hot-headed. So I love like I, I'm sitting next to him, and like ah, hey, oh, what a what a moment to remember.
1: Oh it's crazy. So uh, let's let's go back to uh, to Eden too cuz uh you know that's why we're here. We're not talking about Denzel and uh and Lenny oh, Collins, although it. it's cool. Although it's cool. Talk to, to me about attitude because it seems like like your attitude it it reflects what my mom taught me. She taught me one word that would make me successful in my life and it was like this. Shit. Um and she would do that saying like this happened shit okay let's move on uh and that's
0: like, yeah and then what the fuck just let
1: go move on and, and we're yeah. like how did that attitude you seem to have such a positive attitude moving forward and you're you're working with so many different causes. I've seen you through your social media, all those things, which has been so amazing. You've talked to women about, uh, different, um, you know, body aspects that, you know, most women are moving towards that you said, you know what, my body's beautiful and your body is beautiful. Let's move forward on those things. How have you been able to keep that attitude being in the environment that you are constantly in, which is probably not the, I mean, a lot of times people think of that as a hostile environment.
0: I think that also goes against where, oh, this girl showing up and she shows up like this. Oh, she's really cool and nice. So the idea of the environment we live in where a lot of people get sucked into it and one being my sister and she's not with us anymore, God bless her, but I, I kind of keep it, I watch it from afar and, and yes, I partake. You know, I, I was 19 when I asked my dad to get breasts cause I, I'm flat chested and I didn't feel like I was, I was good enough. And I didn't realize until I was 39, 40 that these breast implants are making me sick and they have to come out. And 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 in that regard, it was my responsibility to give back to women and, and share that because more and more women are getting very sick from breast implant illness. So that's something that, that I that I have to take on upon myself. But then, you know, two years ago, I had a lot of extra skin here and the doctor wanted to, they wanted to do it on the Daily Mail. And he's like, hey, could, well, we need it. I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> I love you, tighten that. and um, And I shared the first 30 days on my Instagram live every day. I talked about my swelling, my bruising, hundreds of women were like, thank you. I respect you. No woman in your situation would ever be this honest and open. And I'm like, it's my responsibility. If I choose to do it, why not share it with everybody who wants to do it, but are too afraid to show the truth. So, you know, even with with my sobriety, it's very important to me that I share that and I'm open and that other people can come to me and talk about it. And it's like, where do we get all these judgments in our head to point the figure and talk shit about that or that or this or that. It's like, I'm going to just be me, put it out there. Those of you that resonate and need ser- my, my service by any means, I'll be of service. Um, And I, all day, I talk to random people on Instagram and I love it. And they're like, I didn't think you talked to me. I'm like, I'm, I'm just me. How can I be, What I'm here. What do you need? You need me to hold, talk to your, talk to you, hold your hand, share. Th- it's, it's really a beautiful um, a beautiful thing. And the thought is that if I'm just real and myself, excuse that, I swear, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. Cause I'm being true to me. It's when I'm hiding and I'm on the housewives and I'm, my makeup's up and my hair's done perfectly. And I'm like, you know, all oh, these women, I'm like, ugh, this is awful when I'm not myself, it's awful. So when I get to be myself, and I, I really just, I don't, I don't give a shit what anyone
1: thinks. <laughs> so, <laughs> that- so when you're, when in a normal life of Eden, right? So again, you're, you're you know you you are around uh you know you hear people say it all the time you're the sum of the five people that are around you or closest to you you hear this all the time um getting into the circles and the orbits that you're in right the the pedigree kind of help that uh, kind of help that situation but then you start to be around people that that you you know, you say something like you have an idea and probably all your friends around are like, okay, cool. That's cool. Eden, go ahead. You want to change the world? You want to make wells around the world? You want to do this? Oh, oh, that's awesome. How much of an effect does that have on you? Because there's so many people out there that maybe have an idea and then their friends are that, uh, I always say they have a flat tire. The friends are like, Psh, that'll never happen. But you're around a, a, a different thinking.
0: But I feel like, yeah, a lot of the time, I have been the. Oh wow, it just came to me when my dad said he was the the engine that that kind of created the group to to keep moving forward. Weird. Um, I feel like a lot of the time I'm that. And speaking of of uh, Africa and Thirst Project, um, I was going no matter what, and and Michelle Mitchell is my dear sister. We are soul sisters. And so I was at actually at the school at the time and we were talking and she's like, what do we, you know, Christmas is coming. And I'm like, forget all that vacation stuff. Trust me. I'm the first one to jump on, you know, the, the next plane to go sit on a beach somewhere. I'm like, guess what, Michelle, you're coming with me to Swaziland. I don't know where that is in Africa, but we're going and we're building wells with Seth and Thirst Project. And she looked at me like, and I saw it and she's like, Okay. And we were in Swaziland, had the best, I don't know, 12 days and and working our butts off and building wells and laughing and, you know, the whole nine. So I feel like there's only a few people that have that spirit and that sort of drive that are like, all right, let's go. I'm that person. The women that I've grown up with or that I surround myself with minimally, they don't they don't have it. They don't, they don't have it. And so I kind of do things alone or meet people. Like I'll go to spiritual groups and and surround myself with different people outside of the group you think I would hang out with. And she's like, Eden, we want to invite you to come to Bali with us. And I said, okay. I knew one person that was going and I went for 10 days with a group of incredible people. So I'm just very adventurous like that. I think that a lot of people in in the situation that you would think of where I've grown up and how we're raised like to stay stuck in their boxes, cut to the beginning of the conversation. I don't like that box. I don't like, I leave LA, I get to not be the daughter of, not be from the housewives, not, I get to be me completely without that extra pressure. And I can, and the world, I mean, this is a huge world we live in and, and there's a lot happening. Forget all the bad stuff, but there are people that need other people like us. And so I just my spirit just goes. And I don't have a lot of people that um I can maybe pick up the phone, but a but a few, Michelle being one, and say, Hey, this is what we're doing. Let's go.
1: Well, <clears throat> I think from from a listener standpoint, everybody that's listening, I mean everyone that's listening is freaking out that you're on here anyway. But what would you say to a person listening and seeing like an iconic person like yourself? And I know when I say that you almost, I mean, those of you can't even see her. She's cringing when I say iconic, which you are. <laughs> okay. And that's why you're so lovable. That's the reason why you're so incredible is because when I say that you're like, eh, that's not me. I'm a person. Okay. Speak to the to the fans out there, or to the person who sees you on the street. How does a person in your situation want a person to approach? Because we appreciate it, right? You appreciate those things, but when you have a person that's like, "Oh my God," that doesn't endear you. Um, and a lot of people think that, you know, oh, you're some person from another planet. When you, when you're in that celebrity sense, and I know you even cringe when I say that, when you're in that celebrity sense, how does, how does a celebrity want the people on the street to approach or do you not want them to approach?
0: So that's interesting. I'm, I... I love when people come up and talk to me one, because it's always like what dad said, go do something for someone else. So if I'm in my head or there's something going on that really doesn't matter. And someone comes up and, and, and says, Oh my God, you're Eden, whether they recognize me from the show. And, and when they recognize me from the show, and they connect, the only reason you can like me on that show and really connect is because you see a deeper sense of self and some sort of spirituality and sobriety and like, whoa, how are you in this situation? So the people who like me from that show, I know are either in a struggle, you know, or they understand themselves in a different way and they're watching this for mindless, you know, to get us out of our realities of, um, so I love it. I immediately, I'm like, ah, hi, and I give them a big hug. Because, I mean, we all just – it does. there's only a filter between us because our brains say, I don't know that person. Well, guess what? It's an energy. Of course, they come up and they're drawn to you. Right there, your energies are doing a dance. And so people who cut that off, I'm not that person. I can never be that person. I am open, welcoming, inviting, I talk. Most of the time, I'll sit down and have a conversation with you about – I'll know their whole life in five minutes, and we're on to opening the – Oh, my God, thank you so much. I just – that's what naturally happens. I so then I have to turn that around, and so I went up. Of course, sports fans. Um, the kids were younger. We were at the Malibu uh, cookoff, and I don't know two basketball players. I don't know who they were, and we're all the same again. Like we're all one, you know, in my mind. So I'm like, oh, let's go get a picture with them. Well, just like you know, if if I do it now, everyone's going to want it, and I'm like, oh, okay, and screw you. Like I think that. One, yes, you're talented. Two, I understand that people know who you are. But guess what, dude? Your fame of like you're a basketball player and you're making millions, you need to respect people that come up and want a picture. My dad never, this is probably where it comes from, let's go back to the beginning, ever shunned someone off, never said no, stopped and talked to them, took pictures wherever they needed, was very open and polite. And when I was with him as a little girl, I remember I would get in – he sponsored the Olympics in the eighties and these people were going nuts. And I'm like, what? why is everyone freaking out? This is just my dad. Like what is going on here? They wanted pictures and pictures. And I would literally be like, here, come here, come here, get the camera, dad, dad, dad. And I would always be helpful to the person really just like, like wanting to meet this man. Um, so that played an impact on me. Like you give of yourself to, give of yourself no matter what, what is so damn important in this world that you can't take a minute to a half hour out of your time to, you know, be responsive to someone who actually admires you for whatever reason that may be. So I'm, I'm big on, on, you know, we're all the same, completely the same. And if someone disregards you, that actually really pisses me off.
1: So you said, you said that you're a big sports fan, right?
0: I'm, I don't know if I'm a sports fan or I really just respect. athletes. You like the
1: athletes. Okay. So do you, are you a Laker fan then? Or I mean, cause you grew up in LA. Are you a Laker fan? I'm a,
0: yes, hundred percent. Yes. Die,
1: die Laker. easy. Are you a die easy fan?
0: I'm an old school Laker fan. I'm not, I don't know. Like I'm old no, now.
1: You're not old. You're young. You're young.
0: I'm old. Like I'll watch football be like, Oh, he's cute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so who would you say and what project would it be? Like if we could magic wand, right? Or I'm going to call it from now on, if we can eat in Sassoon. Um, (laughs) If we can eat in Sassoon a situation, who would it be with and what project would it be? What, what, like if you could grab anybody and say, hey, let's utilize your skill set or who you are and what you do in your wheelhouse. I'll use my wheelhouse. We're going to put this project together. Who would that be? And what would the project be?
0: Who that's a, t- that's a difficult one. I mean, the project would be, I drive around LA. I don't know. You're in, you're in Vegas, right?
1: No, I'm actually in Carlsbad. So the next oh. interview, the next interview we do is going to be in person. I'm going to come oh, up. Yay. I'm going to come up to you or you're going to come down here and no way,
0: I, would, I would love that. Okay. And we're going to,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is gonna be good. So
0: I have a big problem with them. Um, so I've been known to help a lot of, of uh, there's no other way for me to politically say that's correct. Of people who, who live on the streets and it breaks my heart. And I I, I, I cannot understand how this is happening and how it's gotten so bad. And then you add mental illness right in there with it. And then you add addiction in there with it and, and, it, and you spin out. I mean, you cannot wrap your mind around this. So, it's really hard for me to go downtown um, and do that anymore. Cause I literally walk away and my gut screams and I burst into tears and I, and, and Oh, cry me a river Eden, like go do it type thing. Stop it. But I think that it's got, it's, it's totally out of control. And what, can, what can we do? Where do we find housing? Where do we find people to help and have this mental illness and do they want to change? And now there's addiction involved. And how do I be, part of that change to help people just get well. Um, And that's, that's on a big scale. And who can help me with that? I mean, you know, what, what, what are these, what are these people doing who have this name and this notoriety? Open your mouths. And I'm not talking to everyone because a lot of people do a lot of things, (laughs) but come on, open your mouth, make change. People are listening to you. Like, I don't know, pick any Kardashian, okay? And I'm just using them as an example of the amount of power that those, that family has and the amount of good that they could do in this world. If I, if I had that, oh my God, that wand would be like, let's go here and I would pick people like you and I. You and I who have hearts, who are interested, who will get out there, who will do the work. And then you know what, if you guys don't want to use, this is what I say sometimes as celebrities, they take up space. They do, they take up space. What does celebrity mean? Uh, First of all, I don't even understand that word as a concept, as an idea. I think if you're somebody who people look to for direction or admiration or whatever it may be, then you are doing something to change this world for the better, right? Otherwise, uh, great, you have a great talent, you're on screen, you're getting paid, you're gorgeous, you're Josh Jamel, great, but what are you doing to help? And if we can all come together to make change, to help others, that to me, and and I didn't give you any exact people that I would want to do this with, but because I don't, where is, I mean, yes, I'd pay people like Denzel and and that, that you know that would get, a, and all these athletes that were out there and granted it was Black Lives Matter and, and as they should be, but people who don't give a fuck and want to create change and stop being so fed up with, oh, I'm a celebrity and people look at me and think this and that, who gives a fuck? Now that matters. It doesn't matter. Our country, sorry, here I go, is falling fucking apart. Our president, which people talk shit about to me all the time, is a complete asshole. Forget his policies. He's an individual who is not nice. Do you see this tattoo? It says kindness. Like, if you're not that person, I cannot. I have this much space for people who I can't tolerate because they don't have a pure heart. And so I don't know. I mean, the project one would be homeless. And then I'd have to get into to health and, and education because the, the education that we're serving to our children. Nope. It's not working.
1: How are you able to keep, because with your, with your kids now, I mean, we're talking about you, you, you know, your pop was in a bootstraps generation because your pop was a self-made man. Right. Um, you know, revolutionized the, the hair industry. I mean, iconic. I remember people saying when I was growing up, if like when I first cut hair in the garage, actually it was in a double wide mobile home in the bathroom. And, and when I did it, people said, who do you think you are? Vidal Sassoon? Like that was like, yeah, does that make sense? Like, who is that? So awesome. Seeing that, that iconic, you know, like iconic and bootstrap generation, then you've got uh, you know, you grew up in a uh, in a place where your pop if he said no is because he wanted to he didn't have to. Right. Because he could if he wanted to. Um, and then now your kids are that third generation and what I've watched with this evening. And I don't know if you've ever lo- dove into this, but I deal with a lot of people who are bootstrap generation and then they have their kids and then their kids are, you know, it consuming right? So these, these ones planted the seeds, they created the crops, the next generation kind of consumes the crops. The following generation seems to continue to consume, but there's not a ton of planting. In your situation, you seem to keep planting. Why is that? Like, how did that happen? Because that's not normal. You do not see this happen. You see a bootstraps, and then you see consumption, consumption, consumption. And then at some point down the line, couple generations, you're going to have to, you're going to have to be a bootstraps again, if you don't keep growing it and you seem to keep growing. Why is that?
0: I, somewhere along, I've never stopped searching. It never ends. It's, it's, it's a consistent evolution of, of life. And when, when my father passed at that point, I could have just sat up and done nothing and and not talked to anyone and never worked another day and you know sort of just raised these kids to but that's just not who I am. I'd rather um I mean I could you know learn and and put out the put in the time and the struggles but in the last couple of years I've really stopped and realized why and I ask myself that all the time. Why? What's my intention? What is it that I want? And how am I going to get there? And I always come back to this place of just peaceful. I swear there's a part of me that wants to be a monk that sits under a tree somewhere and just breathes. I'm <laughs> not kidding. But then when I get to that place of, oh, wait, you've been asking this. You want calm. You want peace. You want to do for others. You want to teach your kids. It's not the amount of money you have, which my son is at that place where well, I wanna be rich. Okay, but what does being rich mean to you? And what are you willing to sacrifice to get to that place? And by being rich, do you have a goal? Like all these things that kids just, you know, money's gonna fall out of the sky. Where my daughter's more like, you know, in like a little bit more like me as far as how do I feel and what does that person think or just kind of talk to people a little more on a emotional, spiritual level. So I turned around and I said, "This what is this about? What is this life about?" And the only thing I could come up to it, and maybe it's easier for me to say because I was, because I'm in my situation, but it's it really is happiness. I mean, it really is happiness, and we think how simple that is, and yet maybe the hardest thing to to try to grasp to be present and in the moment and not live from our past experiences and really just happy and kind. I mean, it. it it's simple and yet it's so profound what keeps you happy and and, and kind i know it's in your nature and your 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 kind 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 soul but what does happiness mean to you
1: i i think well, i i struggled with this i really battled with it especially when it came to covid right so when covid hit what i realized is that a lot of places in my life i was i was searching after happiness and what god let me know is when when I seek after joy as opposed to happiness, because happiness is going to be like a roller coaster, high and low. And so if you seek happiness, you're going to also get sadness. So you're going to be on this roller coaster. Which as a hairdresser, right? And you know this, okay? As hairdressers that you've been around for your whole entire life, hairdressers are the highest high and the lowest low. We are cut the bangs, we are off, yeah. right? We yeah. cut the bangs and we're like, oh, they're amazing. Mwah. Vidal Sassoon kissed them. He happens to be your father. Then we cut the bangs and we did the wrong thing. And we're like, I should jump off a cliff. I should never do hair again. I'm the worst person in the world. And then you cut the bangs again and you're like, man, I am the greatest. Look at me. And this all happens within like an hour and a half. (laughs) You know what I mean? This is not a problem. So it's like this. So what God let me know is, son, if you seek after joy, which is a mindset as opposed to happiness, then I, then you will never be worried about circumstance ever again in your life because your joy comes from a mindset. That mindset yeah. comes from conditioning and that conditioning comes from knowing that I am working all things for the good of those who love me and who are called according to my purpose. And so he really, right. really hit me hard um, with it. And so it's, it's amazing. And I see it in you. Like you have joy. Like, okay, when I said that you, my mom... Like, I see a lot of that part. I'm not saying I see my mom in you. I'm saying that when my mom said, shit, like, I lost my job, shit, I lost that, uh, you know, relationship, shit, I see that in you, and Uh, you continue on, (laughs) and you continue on in that joy, no matter what hits you, you know? And I noticed, I watched it. But do you think sometimes, because I question that, that I I call it my
0: light switch, and I flip that thing, do you do and I do is it because the lows were so low that I've learned to somewhere keep it around here. And when it gets here, I'm going to flip it and sort of just, all right, let's move on. But am I mourning the loss or because I've been through like everyone and we've had many deaths and I try not to hold onto them and spiritually they're with me. And if it's going to happen again, you know, and everything does happen for, I believe for a reason, good Absolutely. and bad. Yep. Um, I just, all right, let's go. What 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 there does no good to to pine over it or to stress over it and to so sometimes I feel like I don't necessarily give it which I think is okay the attention or the emotion that it might deserve. I'm really quick to like, "All right. Oh well." Like,
1: you know? Well, I th- I think it's number 1. I think it's a gift. I mean, I think that it's a gift that you have. And another thing that God, like, I just want you to know, I mean, I don't do this very often. There's very few times when I do, but I want to give you a word right now, because the word that that God wants you to know is that Eden is enough. Like Eden simply is enough. Eden doesn't have any processes she needs to go through, no steps she needs to go through, no, none of those things. You are enough exactly where you are. And when you start to accept that part, which I know that you're in that part, you do that anyway. And there's times where you do. And when you do, it's like light. And he just, I mean, I, I and again, I don't do this very often, but Thank you. you're enough. Like sitting there, you're enough. There's nothing you need to do. There's nothing else and nothing. And when you start walking in you know when you're looking at the processes of like if i do these processes and i go through these things then these things are going to get better if you look at the end of them and you say okay when it was better if you accept that part there'll be no process mm-hmm. and that's what he's wanting you to know right now and to be able to rest in and the 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 maybe the struggle that 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 you've gone through within your life and the things that you've gone through what he's saying is Eden, you're enough. Fall back into me. Fall back into me. Let me hold you. Let me hold on to you. I'm strong enough, and I will lift you up in due time. So, um, oh, thank you so much. Okay, and so, uh, <laughs> uh,
0: so to remind you, like, uh, thank you, because I put that there too. And he, like, you got my back, right? Yes. Can and you so then you're right, like and come to think of it just as you said that, which I'm just whew, thank you and when I was on that trip in Bali, um one of the healers the same the same process was coming out and and he was telling the woman he's working she' tell her to fall, I have her, tell her to fall, I have her, and I couldn't let go, and finally just falling, and he had me and uh, very same as you're speaking, as the word is coming through you. Thank you. Wow.
1: Well, I tell you, God, God, is gangster and he don't play around like, you it know, is. and that's the thing I, I tell you, he's so gangster in the fact of, you know, like when a guy couldn't see, he spit and put dirt on it and said, you can see, like, it wasn't ah. a, a process. You know what I mean? And he wants you to know that it's, it's, it's like that. And it's like that right now. And uh, today. So, um, ah, thank you. <laughs>
0: I need that, like that little space in between is <laughs> n- the stuff.
1: Yes. So, yeah. What makes Eden like belly laugh?
0: <laughs> you know the timing. The t- I have a few friends that timing is just, and I, I I can't. One of my girlfriends, Nicole, she's my best friend, and we've actually you know had our moments. it's the unspoken laughter. So you don't even have words and there's just this sort of th- th- this. And I, I, I lose it. I don't, I don't know how to explain it other than timing. Timing makes me laugh. And, um, I, I, I like, you know, inappropriate jokes.
1: <laughs> You're going to love my wife. My wife is like my life. My wife is serious. Like a 12 year old boy in her mind. <laughs> and she thinks that everything yes! Eden, Eden, she these nuts, my daughter. <laughs> I was, I was like, baby. Arr! I mean, this was a couple. Of, this was like, she tries to do it every time because when we get in the car and they want to watch a DVD, she'll say DVD these nuts, <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, baby, that doesn't. Number one, it doesn't make sense coming from you. Oh but, no, it's funny. But it's, it's funny. also your daughter. Funny. But she yeah. doesn't think it's funny when, when <laughs> this is always funny to me when we're at the grocery store. And I'll drop her off if there's not parking or whatever. I'll drop her off and then I'll come back and I'll pick her up. And when she goes to get in the car, I move forward a little bit. And then I move forward a little bit. It's so funny to me. I belly laugh every time. And she hates me. I, we did it in, uh, in Hawaii. Maui is our place. We're, we're Wailea oh. fans. Huge Wailea fans. Shout out to the Four Seasons in Maui. That's our favorite right. place. That's um, Nicole's
0: favorite place. Weird, strange, awkward moment. Yeah.
1: Love that. And incredible we were getting groceries and she, she now people are going to think I'm a horrible person. My my wife, no, was, my wife was pregnant. Oh, my wife was oh. pregnant at the time. She had got the groceries. I went and grabbed the car cause I wanted to you know, pull up next to it and I kept doing it. And there's this pregnant woman <laughs> with all these bags and I keep doing it. She's like, it's not funny at all. Are you five? And I'm like, seven and then i move forward and then i move forward i'm like no i'm never gonna do it again and then i do okay what's the i love that? does she ever hold on does she at this point
0: if i were her i would sit on my fucking ass until you stop the car turn the key off open the door and let me get in I'd be like, you wanna, you want, let's play this game, because you're gonna lose, buddy.
1: Yeah, I lose all the time. Don't worry.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love it. I, and I, I shit like it that, up. I, I, love too. Although my ex-husband and and that whole DeVito side of the family, they're such jokesters, and like April Fool's Day, and they they do everything to just play these pranks, and I'm like, dude, it's not funny. Meanwhile, it's really fucking funny.
1: <laughs> it's not funny to the person who it happens to, but the person who's doing it. It's, yeah, it's hilarious. Right. So, what are those little things that bring you joy? Like, I could tell you this: for me, an ice cream sandwich brings me so much joy. But it's got to be carnation. It's because it's got the wa- wafer. It's kind of crispy. You know what oh, I'm saying? Like
0: that's old school, like ice cream truck days. And yes. The
1: and there is nothing else in the world made of that wafer, which I think is so awful. There should be a whole line of dessert dedicated <laughs> to that wafer that brings me so much joy. Like so. I much, love- that. what are some little things that bring Eden joy like that that you know I, I mean
0: I go to bed at night and I get so excited for my coffee in the morning Is what that kind of wee-
1: coffee do you go okay. egg or you go Nes- Nescafe you're going go
0: Nescafe instant
1: instant <laughs> you talking about a couple of tablespoons you got some Folgers crystals up in there <laughs> that's what you got
0: Make like, fun of me all the time. I'm like, come on, bring it. Wait till you taste this coffee. You are gonna love it. So I do. <laughs> I, I am. I I, I want to live in a trailer park playing Kid Rock all day long. Um, <laughs> I do ne- uh, my instant, and then I do a little agave.
1: <laughs> so you bring the you bring the bougie you bring the bougie side to the to the trailer park.
0: Totally. I used to tell Dad, Dad, I want to live in a trailer park darling what's a trailer park I'm like dude come on what do you mean what's a trailer park I'm like you know you you live in a trailer like it's a home he goes oh (laughs) and you have neighbors like right there and right there and he's like oh (laughs) it doesn't sound nice (laughs) like I don't understand I'm like in a white picket fence dad and he's like oh he thinks I he thinks I was nuts but I wanted to be barefoot trailer park with a white picket fence and I wanted Kid Rock at the time to be my man and he thought and I wanted an F-150 Yes. Yeah. Okay. This was like, have you- it had to happen and it, it, it never did, but we just went on an RV with me and my ex and his wife and their son and our kids, um, for five days. It was great. So I was like, I could do this. The only thing that really, um, I would have a problem and have to keep my mouth shut was all the American flags and the MAGA stuff around. I'm like, even don't open your mouth. <laughs> Cause you might.
1: <laughs> well, I, was- and, and you were missing kid rock. So, uh,
0: I mean,
1: he, yeah, he was okay. in my head. Yeah, but, no. but yeah, well, I, oh, I don't know. He's he's part of that crew, isn't he? I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I thought
0: he, is. he was. A, I thought he was a Trump supporter, which I think I lost my love for him at that point.
1: He's a good DJ. He's a good DJ. I, I like that part of it. I like hip hop.
0: I don't know. I just. I mean, when he came out, and you know, back in the day, in the, in the scene, they would do little parties, and they'd bring out like John Mayer, or Kid Rock, like in in the Hollywood little. Yeah. We get to see them prior to their big, you know, hurrah. And I was like, "Who is this guy?" Because I got the, I mean, this is going to happen. Cut two years and years, years later, nothing happened. Thank God. But
1: did you do? Almost, you, did you do this but, one? Did you do this one? Did you? Did you do this I, one and this one? Here?
0: And then the brain inside of me was like, "Don't you dare, Eden. This is no, the wrong dare. one. No, leave him alone. Okay." <laughs> but yeah.
1: Okay, so we've got instant coffee brings you joy. Okay, instant like two tablespoons. You go two tablespoons. You go a tablespoon and a half. One, you and, go a
0: half. one and a half. One and, four one and a half, depending on my where I'm at. Nescafe
1: <laughs> instant. So we're sponsored. <laughs> we're getting sponsored by that. The best instant. ever. We're bringing it back. We're bringing it back. <laughs> what's the What's the next What's the next little thing that is just like a you know Hey, uh, this part like for me. Okay, growing up, we always had bag cereal. Because we couldn't afford, like we had Toastios as opposed to Cheerios. You know, my mom would be like, my dad was that. Yeah, my dad was that old school dad that was like, it's the same, and I was like, Dad, it's not the damn same. It doesn't taste the same. You know what I mean? It's, it's Toastios. It's not Cheerios. I want the real thing. So for me, boxed cereal, like that makes me feel like I've made it. Like I am the the Elon Musk of the world when I eat. Actual life, not like lifetime uh cereal. You know what I'm saying? What's another little thing that you're like, I gotta have this?
0: I love that. I mean, if it comes to food, oh, that's always been sort of a different issue. Um, I okay, this is strange, but when I get into a hot bath and Uh I just sink into a hot bath, I feel like I'm on top of the world and I'm alone and there's no one around and it's quiet, and I'm just like, oh my god, this is so beautiful. Is that weird? That that is a simple pleasure of mine. But I also have the simple pleasures, like I love to exercise. And I'm like, ah, okay. It makes me happy. It brings me joy. So, you know, or, or taking a walk or just something, you know, we don't do I mean, food actually raises the levels of the dopamine in our brain. So, of course, a pizza any day of the week at any time of the day is going to make me
1: really happy. What kind of pizza? Where from? What's your joint? What's the pizza? And I got a new pizza place coming for you. It's going to be in Beverly Hills. My friend is actually opening it uh, right down there in Beverly Hills, and it is going to be on fire.
0: New York style.
1: Yes, and so he's going to. Yeah, he's. uh, I just talked to him the other day. So.
0: I'll share it. I'll eat it. I'll go live. I'll—I t- mean, like pizza. Come on! I, I used to be a Domino's junkie, and and
1: what kind of crust? What kind of crust? You go? You go pan
0: I thin crust? It depends. You know, I'm also—I've got some body image issues and dysmorphia issues that I laugh at that lightly. But like, so I'll be like, oh, I'll eat the pizza. I'll get the thin crust, and I'll eat the whole damn thing. When you're doing the big things, it doesn't serve the purpose. The big slices and, hey, you
1: know. I, you got to learn from Peyton Manning. What he said in a, a, a commercial one but, time was that uh, most, people, most people are uh, down on themselves for, uh, you know, for their belly. He said, unless you're a professional athlete, you're not going to look like us anyway, so get a bigger shirt. And so <laughs> – <laughs> I think think somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm a professional athlete. So I'm like, no, you are a professional athlete. I mean, guys, if you get it, well, if you're watching, you can already see. Um, but honestly, when you meet Eden too, it's you're one of the very, very few people that I know. Um, my wife being one of them, like when you see my wife in a picture, you're like, wow. But to see you on screen or to see you in a picture doesn't do you justice in real life. And the pictures are phenomenal. And I told See, you this.
0: First of all, thank you. Second of all, I'm trying to comprehend that because okay, we all know I'm single and I'm on Bumble and so I meet people and when I meet them in person, wait and- a second, you're on Bumble? Yeah. You're a woman, uh, like okay, I, I tell that's you what this. No, no. See, you're putting me back in that box. Everyone says, "Why is a woman like you on Bumble?" Well, why am I different than the other people in this world? No, I'm I-
1: saying I'm not saying like because you're Eden Sassoon. I'm just saying like. I know you and you're high quality. I mean, you're a catch. Like, I mean, I'm telling you, like my boy, Dave, Dave, if you're listening to this, you need to holler at your, you need to holler at your boy. You need to holler (laughs) at your boy. This is my best friend in the world. You need to holler at your boy. But I tell you, like when I was in the dating game and this was a long time ago, when I was in the dating game, I didn't think people like you existed. I love love you.
0: you. I, I. I exist, and I'm trying to. You, you know, you got to play that numbers game to find the one that matches. Unless someone has this com- set up, and I'm like, wait, do people not set me
1: up because they think numbers game? You're talking about. Are you to- are you comparing like I'm the dating game to fishing? Game. Like, okay, you go, you swipe this way, swipe that <laughs> way, swipe this way. You got to play a straight
0: numbers game to win the odds on this. It's like holy shit, <laughs> I mean, full time job. And then you're like, oh, one out of you know fifty. This guy's great little do you know, like your pickers way. Yeah. You know, I don't even, what was the point? Oh,
1: bumble. I can't even remember. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I love our conversation because we're both like squirrel, uh, you know, <laughs> what? It, it works out. It, it works out. So the best an ice age when he's always just trying to get that nut. <laughs> so <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> so what, it, what is the misconception about money? Like, cause people have this, like, you know, people, a lot of times people without money say money's going to take care of everything. People with money say it doesn't matter. And then like, so it, it confuses people. Cause you know, as a, as a kid growing up with not much, my
0: son, my son, I want money. I want to be rich. I go, why more money, more problems. No, that's not true. I said, okay, you might have more freedom. But I guarantee you, the more money, obviously, you have, the house is bigger, the more cars you have, the more to take care of it, the more gardener, to the lawn, the housekeeper, da, 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 and I mean, like more money, more problems, period, end of story. Unless you have more money, you live really simply, and you give all those that money to actual people and homes and families that need it. And then I 100% agree. Give me more money, because I want to give it all away to the right people. Wow. So what's, yeah, what? Yeah, more is, money, more problems.
1: What is the Creature comfort, Eden, that you're not willing to negotiate. Like my wife, okay. She's a four seasons Wilea person, like in, in Maui, okay? like, And I'm not saying that she grew up that way. She didn't grow up that way, but we went. Yeah. And you know how it is. Like when you sit courtside for the Lakers, if I called you tomorrow and was like, Eden, we're going, to, if the NBA was playing, we're going to the uh, LA game and bring a date. Me if and my I wife are going. Seats, I'd be so happy. Okay, but it's different right and there's certain things yeah. that certain things that you're super humble with and you're awesome and your heart is great and the world's going to be better i'm a bad person so when i sit courtside it ruins me forever because i'm like i want to sit there all the damn time okay but there's certain things that i know like my wife said to me the other day she said baby i met you when you had nothing <laughs> we're good we're good there's nothing that the world can take away from us right now it, we're good right But I asked her, I said, so when we go on vacation then, do you want to stay two extra weeks in Hawaii, but we'll just stay at a different hotel? She said, no, I would rather just stay one day at the Four Seasons than two weeks somewhere else. What's that creature comfort that Eden is like, you know, because you're a great person, you're Feeding the world, you're, you know, all the things. You're the best person in the world, which I'm a horrible person. But no, you're not. I'm joking with you. But I know. What's that one thing that you're like? I ain't giving up that one. Uh,
0: you know, God, that's really hard because I always say like I can do the Motel Six, but I can do the Four Seasons <laughs> and the Beverly Hotel. You know, and I might not be as comfortable. You know, or back in my drinking days, I'm like, just give me another drink. Let's go to Motel Six. I mean, that sounds awful. You know what I mean? Um. God, I, I, so this is my problem. I think it's only because of old age that I can't sit in the back of the plane over five hours. Okay. There we go. I I just can't do it. And so, but everything else I feel like, Hey, who are you working at? I feel like, um, if I'm present in the moment and each thing is an experience then I can't live to who I used to be. And like, yes, I do like nice things, but I love to go stay at, you know, the, the Weston for two weeks as opposed to the four seasons for, you know, four
1: nights. No, my, my, my wife was like, I'll stay there for an hour. I mean, and she, but, but everything else, she's completely cool with, you know, eating beans out of a can. We can ride a bus, we can do whatever. But she is like that one thing for me, honestly, there are women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, for me, the one thing it really is the, is the box cereal. Like I will not go back to a bag. I will live on the street. I will be homeless and buy name brand cereal. My <laughs> wife, my wife had had a, a a birthday party for my daughter, and it was yeah. a puppy. It was a puppy party. It was her fifth or sixth birthday. Uh-huh. And she went and bought bag cereal that was the Cocoa Puffs, and I saw it in the car and I flipped. And I'm a Nor- I'm a pretty chill guy, but I fl- I said what is this? And she said, oh, it's cereal. I said, no, we don't have that type of cereal in this house. And I got all this attitude, started switching my head and everything like that. And she's like, what are you talking? I said, we do not have bag cereal. We passed that and we're not going back. And she's like, honey, they're using it as dog food to eat like a puppy party. And I was like, oh,
0: damn. You're like my dad. He couldn't, he would never, never, never. And I don't have this problem. Call me, you know, I hate to say white trash, but like, I will use paper. I don't care or plastic, just drink it and throw it away. Don't make me wash the dishes. You do not use paper plastic plates in or cups back in the day in his house. No, what is this? This isn't This isn't what you give people to eat off of. I'm like, look, it's a potluck, bring your own fucking food. And I got like the plastic <laughs> utensil. Like my friend Johnny makes fun of me all the time. He's like, are you serving or is it a potluck? Should I bring shit? I'm like, whatever, just we'll figure it
1: out. <laughs> I love it's it. Fine. I love it.
0: But yeah, like oh, I don't, I don't
1: care. But that's funny. Our friend, Sorry. our friend Margaret Cromie, and shout out to her.
0: Ah, Margaret.
1: I invited her to a couch-warming party. I believe it was the first time in history that we had <laughs> one of these. Anyone's ever had one? But we were. I was. So, we were so broke, and <laughs> we got our apartment. And me and my buddy Dave, who you're going to meet, um, yes. He. We got a couch. And then we had a couch warming party. Well, we, we made tater tots and we made, okay. We had tater tots and we had a little uh, bowl of ketchup and that was the hors d'oeuvre that we carried around and people would pick out a tater tot, dip it. And, and Margaret, you know, Margaret, Margaret is like, I I ain't trying to, I mean, she love her to death. She's like in her Scottish accent, (laughs) Kelly, what is this? Why do you have ketchup as <laughs> I mean she was mortified, absolutely mortified. So I'm glad that you have potlucks because you need oh, to invite I'm so her. With you.
0: you know what I wanted to do for my well, first for my 40th, but I got sober. I wanted the old idea was a yacht in Saint Tropez with champagne flowing. That didn't happen. It's not gonna happen. Now that I'm gonna be fifty soon, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna have a fiftieth party, but a pizza party, and everyone who's invited has to bring a pizza from a different restaurant.
1: Yes. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> So who's yeah. going to perform who do you want to perform at your birthday party?
0: Kid rock, Jack Johnson.
1: So that'll be the lineup. Who's the headliner?
0: The headliner should be um Ricky Martin. Yes.
1: <laughs> live in la vida <laughs> loca? I mean live in la vida loca like is he oh. is he only going to play that song and be done?
0: Latin songs. We don't need to know what he's like just 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 be present, because that man's freaking off, fucking awesome.
1: Yes, yes. Like,
0: yeah, that's like that's a sweet, sweet, sweet strong soul right there. Whew, love him. Well, love I don't him. Wanna... I would even date him, even though he doesn't like women. Like, I, I would, <laughs> I would take one for the team for sure. <laughs> I'd be like, just like me, please. I've just, struggled my whole life. Just like, I'm
1: kidding. Just hang out. Just hang out. <laughs> Could I, I mean it? Might, it might work. It might work.
0: Well, cause he stuck, I went to his concert once really quick and, and what he said, it was so profound to like 100,000 people. He's like, and he quieted the, the stadium and you're like listening to him. And he's like, now leave your ego at the door. And you just felt this energy from everyone lift and like, and then you're all in it with him. And it was just incredible. So he really made he president, he made you present and then you're in it with him. And like, nobody, like we're all at that point on the same playing field. And that's, the, that's what I like.
1: So what, what, uh, little lessons do you find yourself telling your kids that your dad or oh, your mom daughter. would tell you that you would be like, dad, you don't know anything. And now you're saying those things to your kids.
0: I never said, dad, you don't know anything. Cause he, in my eyes, he knew so much.
1: I never, are you weird. a perfect being? Are you from another planet? Like you didn't, you weren't mad at your dad. My dad would say things all the time. My dad has a couple of ones. He says, breathe, drink water and pray. That's what he says <laughs> all the time. And I'm like, dad, be my dad. Tell me something. And then, you know what I've realized? That when you grow up, you need to breathe, right? Take the time. You need to drink a lot of water, stay hydrated and you need to pray oh, right. and things will work out. But <laughs> at the time I was like, I know this, dad, I know this, but now I'm, I'm basically my dad. That's what my mom or my, my, my wife keeps saying, are there anything, or did you agree with everything? But
0: I didn't get mad at him. Like he, he wanted me to exercise. So i passed pass that on to them and they just were like, eh, I'm lazy. But so I try not to push what people push. My parents pushed on me too much. Like there's interesting topics here and we can get into that maybe off, off camera and then if you want to bring it off camera I'm happy to but there are really topics where you have to let an individual you got to kind of guide them you know like yes I'll be always be like I'm going to the beach sunblock and drink a lot of water so now my daughter I'm in Palm Springs this weekend she's 15 she goes mom I hope you're drinking a lot of water and you need to stay out of the sun use sunblock I'm like what the fuck <laughs> she totally flipped it on me I'm like wow that's quick So obviously, you know, my son hasn't done that yet unless I'm like, you're a little asshole. And one day I'm waiting for him to say, mom, stop being such an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really real with them. I try to just like the the basic things like, you know, or the the stuff they eat. I'm like, why are you eating that? Well, why do you put it in the house? I'm like, because you like it. Well, then why do you tell me not to eat it? I'm like, oh, that's a good point. But I don't want to, you know, I don't want to put them in that box and make them feel like that's life. I kind of want to just be like, all right, you know, there's some right and there's some wrong and you have to find the medium and you're going to have to experience a lot for yourself and know that I'm here and always come to me. I'm not going to say, you know, oh, you're a bad you know, I, I got to let them figure it out for themselves and know that I'm, I'm here. I can't tell them not to get a tattoo because I got tons. I can't tell them not to do certain things that are online. If you Google me, you'll see, oh, even testing this, that. Man. I mean, like there's a fine line of how much I can tell my kids without being like, well, you did it. So let them experience it all. And then I'm here just to hold their head on my shoulder if they need a good cry.
1: You're, you're incredible. And it's, it's great to be able to peel away the layers because you start to be able to see that. Um, <laughs> now if your daughter comes to you at 16 and says, she wants a dolphin tattoo, we're going to, we going to be cool.
0: I'll be the first one to take her. You know what they do? These kids back <laughs> in that room over there. I made the garage a, a huge bedroom and a bathroom for her. They stick and poke. They order ink and they <sighs> stick and poke themselves. And I'm like, that's awesome. You want to give me one, but are you guys ready for some real tattoos? Cause let's go. <laughs> Yeah. The- oh my God. I mean, it gets it gets it gets better over here because age is just a number, you know. I think our our spirits and our energy grow, and we as parents are our parents above us that everyone wants to like, let me protect you, let me protect you from what? Like, what are you protecting me? You gotta you gotta go live. This world is not easy. Okay, there's gonna be a lot of shit coming in your face and killing your heart. Like, you gotta make the right choices. And what's right for you might be different for me. So let's, let's work this out. And you're going to seek out, like we seek out, you know, Tim's story, or you just did a prayer and it came through you, came through me. Like you find those people in your life and the faster they find them, good for them. They'll suffer less because I was not about like, Oh, Cinderella. Let me tell you about Cinderella, Liv. (laughs) There's nothing happening in that story that's going to make you happy. Take that dress off, you know, but I'm the first one to put on at, you know, anything we go to is like a big princess gown in this make-believe world we live in, but that's a bunch of BS.
1: So no. you, you had said something about, uh, Liv- you call her Liv, right? It's Livia. Yeah.
0: She okay. calls herself. Liv. I named her Olivia. We went to the courthouse in Santa Monica. Uh-huh. Her name is Liv.
1: Mm-hmm. So she, she changed, changed it. Wow. That's gangster. That's some yeah. Prince. That's some yeah. Prince and sting stuff right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you, told, uh, you said something about when she called you to the table on drinking water and putting sunscreen on. Tell us another specific. This was a time <clears throat> for me when we were playing Monopoly. My, my kids and I, we were playing Monopoly, and I had Park Place and Boardwalk, and I had hotels on both of them. And my daughter landed on one of them. And when, I, when she did, I said, bang, bang, pay me, pay me. And she stopped our whole family looked at me and she said, is that the way that you charge someone for your services, dad? (laughs) Tell us a specific time where your kids called you to the table on some actions that you were doing.
0: Well, (laughs) that's funny. (laughs) I mean, my kids always call me out because I'm very much a big kid, you know, and I have nothing to hide. So like she'll, she'll come in and maybe because of bumble i'll be talking out someone oh i'm talking to my friend jeff oh who's jeff mom you were talking to dave last night i'm like Yeah, <laughs> out of here so now i have to leave leave names out of like situations or they'll just they'll love to call me out on anything my son's going through that teen year so he's a little more like uh he's a little more he doesn't have the um patience to deal with me as much as he used to as a younger kid and i hope that in a couple it comes back to but he i think he's more embarrassed and rolls his eyes at me (laughs) because if i could okay let's be honest here so you know i i i they, they call me out on it all that's it i'm screwed
1: Well, it's good to be able to have the people around you that keep you, you know, keep you in the pocket and keep you grounded in that way, which I think is amazing and keeps you. I mean, it it goes right back to where we started. You know, there's not a title to an Eden. There's no, there's Eden, right? There's not, oh, Eden, so-and-so's daughter. Oh, Eden, the TV show. Oh, Eden, the celebrity. Nothing like that. That's what I love. And that's what I think that people need to understand and be able to experience more of because- even through the time of the like the Beverly Hills thing, the the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, when You're I was sad. watching, when I was watching it, were <clears throat> you sad? Well, I it, it it hurt my heart because they didn't know who you were. Like
0: no, and it hurt my my family and my close friends' heart because they were so mean to me. They're like, wait, this isn't that everyone was felt that same that same like yeah, and I just. I, that that show and we'll talk about it another time just spun me into a whole different realization of of life and how how reality really sinks in and what what the what people out there who watch these shows actually go through like no 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 hold on we have to start changing this but sometimes you know I turn it on and I watch these crazy crazy fucking women too
1: well i mean for for me too i i i when I watched it, I watch it through a little bit different lens because my my brother's a uh a, a producer and editor um and I love the they're the best and I know what ends up on the floor I know that like you know you you film you know twenty hours of something and they grab a sound bite that you're like are you, I was on the way to the bathroom saying something and then you took it out of context. So, you know, it's being able to see it from there. So the whole reason why I started the podcast is for the sole reason of Maddox and McKenna. So eight years old, 11 years old. And what I wanted to do Eden, which you did on purpose or you did without even knowing today, I wanted to humanize iconic figures like yourself. I wanted to take people who most people look at and say, man, they're from another planet. That can never happen in my life. And I want to humanize them in helping my kids to realize that if you have a great attitude, you work really, really hard, everything works out. You make great relationships. You force people to be your friends, right? You you force people to be your friends. I told you that when I met you the first time. I said, I'm going to force you to be my friend for the rest of your life. So just get used to it. So easy. Yeah. And so yep. that's the whole reason why I started this. And so, if you could look into the screen, I'd like you to say both their names. It'll mean a lot. Maddox and McKenna.
0: Maddox and
1: McKenna, McKenna, McKenna Beach from Maui.
0: McKenna Beach, yes. but do you, their middle name's not Beach, is it?
1: No, no, no Sky. Because we used to watch the sunsets and oh. we were, we were married on McKenna beach to the whole nine and you know, ah, beautiful. And if we would have named her Iowa, we would have had to go and visit there. So we would have didn't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and McKenna. so Madison McKenna, can you give them a message from Eden to them? because I've been doing this and I want them to understand and know that their potential is unlimited in, in this world. But to be able to hear some advice, what would your advice be to Maddox and McKenna?
0: Maddox and McKenna, first off, you have an incredible family as a father. And from what I hear about your mother and you're truly blessed and you might not realize it now, but as I'm sure you probably do, um, that's that's a gift your father's a gift to so many people um and to find your way in this life and what brings you joy and and pay that forward to others um and the rest really it's it's that simple if if it's about to me paying it forward and consistently and it always seems to come back around um I I feel that there's there's Maddox and McKenna, your spirits are very, very, very strong, and that no matter what you choose to do in this life, it's gonna be a beautiful, beautiful adventure. And always remember to give that to someone else. And that person will give it to someone else, and that person will give it to someone else, and that person will give it to someone else. And, that someone else, and that's how we change the world, right? And and I give you kisses and hugs forever.
1: Eden, what do you want people to know about Eden? And then I've got four questions. It's a, it's a rapid fire that I want you to answer. What do you want people to know about Eden?
0: I, I, about me, this is, you've seen me, you've seen me for the last hour. This is who I am. Um, I really, my deepest heart in myself is tired of judging myself, is tired of how wanting to be, like you said, more and, and, and live up to this perfection or this idea that I was raised with when, when I truly am enough. And if I just show up and give, what more is there in this world, you know? To show up and give. Um, and I am, I'm I'm constantly searching and I'm one that's very much full of love and easy to talk to. And if you ever need someone to talk to or just listen to
1: you, reach out, period, end of story. Like I am that person. So Eden, I haven't done this before. I'm gonna pick up my phone real quick because I'm gonna pick up my phone and I'm gonna record this and I'm gonna record you saying it. So my boy Dave will die if you just, send him okay if you just send him a message right and i'm not saying to talk to dave like you're i'm really trying to hook you guys up but uh, like (laughs) no 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 you put put that on record (laughs) hold on here we go there we go there we go dave
0: dave your boy kelly has got you on this i mean you got to reach out it's 310 he's going to give you the first three numbers 2887 and I'm going to hear from you soon because we're just going to talk and we're just going to be present and real with one another. And we're going to, you know, see what kind of man you are, buddy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here's four questions. Here's four questions that, uh, that my wife asked me, it was a turning point for me. I went to Chicago. Um, when, right when the riot, uh, right after the riots happened and I landed, because we have a salon in Chicago and I showed up and then I walked from the place in Wicker park where our salon is. And 75% of the businesses within 50 yards of ours were all smashed and boarded up. Ooh. Ours was left. Ours was one of the only ones untouched. But I wanted to walk the city. And so I was walking through the city. And the, you got to remember, all my, st- like in March, every one of my streams that may have come. Every single one of them. Every one of them was cut out. Like. Um, um, you know, we've got the salons. Okay. But then I, I speak in the industry, but my biggest passion is outside the industry. I'm a business coach. Um, so I, I work outside of the, those realms and everything was cut. So we were going through this, right. And I get to Chicago, we finally get to open up and I walk the city and she calls me and um, I'm going to ask you these four questions. because It really changed for me, my perspective. Because she kept she kept on me. Um, she being your wife. Yes, my wife. She kept on me about that I needed to do what I was purposed to do. And one of those things, the biggest thing, was start this podcast. And so I'm going to ask you the questions. Number one, what do you want? Love. What are you willing to do? For love, yep,
0: what am I willing to do, or does that make sense? What am I willing yeah. to do?
1: For so me? yeah, so when she asked me, what do you want, I told her what I wanted and she said, "What are you willing to do?
0: Oh, that hurts my heart. Um,
1: be vulnerable. What are you willing to release?
0: Fuck (sighs) that, that I, I don't know how to name it. Um, everything we've talked about that, that, that pressure I put on myself that keeps me from being vulnerable, that keeps me in my head, that keeps me judgments about myself, um, that will probably keep love away from me. Um, and that's a tough one.
1: Final one before you're off the hot seat. What are you willing to receive?
0: Love. You know, you say this and, and I was in Sedona in the meditation and this came to me and you know, this is part of who I am, my tattoos and the infinity is crossed with love. And mm-hmm. I said, well, how do I get that? And how do I always keep it? And I said, so you give it and I'm good at giving it. But then you have to flow and you have to receive to get back to love, to get back to giving, to flow, to receive. And somewhere in this, I stop at the flow (laughs) and the receive doesn't come back. So I never get to that cross and you just nailed it. And that came to me in a meditation. And so the the flow to receiving that love and the vulnerability and letting go of that pressure I put on myself, I'll never receive it if I don't release that.
1: We're gonna end with this, uh Eden, as my dad talked to me, I call him Pops. You're gonna meet Pops, and Pops is the man. He I hope is, so. He is hilarious. I mean, he's like <laughs> he's like old school dad. He's like yo, you got, a problem, oh. you got a problem, boy, I'll come upside of your head and then you won't have a problem no more. You know, he's that kind of dad. And then yes. he's, then he's like campa to my kids, who's the softest. And he's like, Oh, you know, talk about their feelings. I was like, you weren't talking about our feelings when we were kids. Pop. <laughs> but I called him one day and I told him, I said, pop, I'm heavy. Like I'm heavy. And, you know, my, I told you my mom passed away. She passed away in her, in her sleep. She went to uh, sleep one night and just didn't wake up. There was no preexisting things or we didn't know. And it just bang, She was gone. Which is, was, was, you know, when I look on the positive side, there was no suffering, all the stuff and things like that and that comfort us. Um, but I said to my dad, I said, I'm, I'm heavy. And he paused. And he said it's because you're carrying stuff you shouldn't be carrying and that you're not designed to carry. He said that there's things in your life that you are holding on to and that you're carrying around, that your shoulders weren't made for, and any time you've got anything on your shoulders other than what God's purpose is for you, which is just laying into, like, letting him do it, you're always going to be heavy, son, So set them down now. There's no process to it. There's no, like, steps. There's nothing like that. Set it down. Stop carrying the trash. Because if you carry trash around, you're going to be stinky. And when you're stinky, then people aren't going to want to be around you. And then when people don't want to be around you, then you're going to be mad that people don't like you. And then you're going to look to fix everything else except the trash that you've been carrying. So lay down the trash. Stop being the stinky kid and stop carrying things that you're not designed to carry.
0: I mean, we you say it, and your your father's ge- genius and telling you, and did, did that help you? Yeah. Because I carry it such a heavy burden, and I don't even know where the fuck it comes from. You know, because I'm not. I'm light, and I can get when I'm working with people, and I'm talking to people, and I'm in it, then that heaviness is gone, and I'm this, like, free light. But then I get back to... Carrying this really, I don't know where in my lineage or where deep, deep, deep sorrow. Because, because it doesn't exist in my life today. Mm -hmm. So where is this coming? Where, where, why, how is it so ingrained in me? Was, I don't know if it's some energy from past lives or my, you know, ancestors or yeah. I, I, uh, and God definitely, for me, you know, you're the light. Go shine, be, talk. All you have to do is show up and be. And and, but I gave you these things, but, but at what point are you gonna let them go? <laughs> yeah, enough. I'm like, oh, wait, yeah. So uh, thank you, thank you for that. Thank you.
1: Well, my pop, my pop is amazing. Well, today, honestly, it's just I, I tell you, Eden, um, you know, it, and I see you and. I see you. And when I say, I see you, I see you like in the screen, I see you, but I also see you on the other side. And it's like, just to, just to be able to release, to realize. And I went through the, when you were talking about the alcoholism or the addictions and things like that, like my family went through it. And a lot of times I took it on as I needed to either fix it or that I caused it or that it, there was something that I could have done. And it just goes back to my mom shit. Like it happened and you don't have to live in that anymore. And just to be able to, you know, you're not designed like you're, you know, again, you're not designed to carry anything. You're not designed to carry weight. And, um, you know, I just think that there's going to be some amazing, amazing, amazing things.
0: I feel it. you got it all. You, you actually have it moving. Like I, I've never actually felt like, okay, this could come out of me very strange and it's uh yeah
1: wow you're you're awesome and
0: I've done a lot of physicals work no. and, and almonds and the whole like oh, come on let's get break this well you actually have it's wow something is uh wanting to like come up and out
1: that's good that's awesome so what we're going to need to do is we're going to need to have a pizza party um yeah All the people are coming. We need to have Kid Rock. We need to, uh, John Mayer, if you're out there, um, well, Eden's magic wand. She already knows you. Um, I'm going to need, I'm going to need Lenny Kravitz to, to show. Okay. Okay. I need, uh, for me, my 50th birthday is I've been wanting this forever. De De La Soul. Wow. My favorite group of all time. De La Soul. Been a fan of them since '89. Okay. I'm going to have De La Soul. Um, I would ultimately like to, now, uh, RIP to, uh, to Fife Dog, but I'm a Tribe Called Quest fan. Huge.
0: <laughs> Tribe. Tribe. You're from old school. Yes. Are they still performing or any of these groups?
1: <laughs> De La does a little bit. That's why I was like, I want to surprise all my buddies with De La. But we need to have a pizza party. We need to have John Mayer. We need to have- uh... Jack
0: Johnson. Jack, Jack, Jack. Oh, Jack Johnson.
1: I'm sorry. sorry. I said John Mayer. Uh, Car, yeah. Okay, so Jack Johnson. John can come. John can come and sing his heart out. Okay, do you know who my my friend Dave's favorite artist of all time is? Jack Johnson.
0: No, did he text you that? How do you know? On my life.
1: On my life. Jack Johnson. Favorite of all time. Like he I was, mean, I'll
0: walk into something with my kids and I'm like, oh, and she's like, what,
1: Jack's playing? I'm like, yeah, can you hear him? Like, yeah. I literally delivered both of my kids to Jack playing. Jack Johnson. my soul. I'm telling you. So, you know, he, having he, that and then Maxwell, like, I got to have a private, I got, I mean, I've been to his concerts a couple of times. My wife took me on my birthday and I remember we were watching- so st- and we were watching and we were like, you know, front row center and we're watching and he's just killing it. And she's like, got those googly eyes and she turns and she's like, no baby, I think that you're sexy. And I said, honestly, I was looking at him the same way. So (laughs) I'm good. Like I'm good with you looking at him that way.
0: No, I don't. My mind just went somewhere. Yeah.
1: Out, 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 uh, outtakes. Who's the favorite concert that you've ever been to?
0: I'm in that Ricky Martin concert when he told everyone to leave their at that door. Like my spirit just came out of my chest. And this man was just purely alive, singing his heart on dancing, like with everything. I mean, fuck. I mean, I'll never, ever, ever. And I've been, you know, like, of course, as a kid, Prince, I mean, come on. How many times can you go? But that Ricky Martin concert just blew my mind. I, I don't know why he's, he was in spirit and all these people happened to tap in at that moment. So for me, it was like, holy shit. All right.
1: <laughs> I love the eclectic mix because you went from Kid Rock to Jack Johnson to Ricky Martin. Like there, there, there is no pattern to eat. Don't even... think I don't love Justin Bieber. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm weird. You know, my ex-boyfriend was a, music, a singer-songwriter for, you know, like a kid bebop guy.
1: And yeah, I love, love so I want to thank you, Eden, for being on the show. I thank you for your time. You have been absolutely phenomenal. This is the time guys, when you're listening, that you subscribe, that you click the links, that you uh, patronize all our sponsors, things like that. We are going to be sponsored now from now on by Uh, (laughs) Nescafe, instant coffee, instant coffee because of Eden. But uh, I, I truly, I mean, it's been a pleasure, Eden. You are amazing. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um,
0: I love you. <laughs> that was one of the most fun couple hours and and being present and just being with you. And I think that what you're doing and you're making people who seem untouchable, very touchable, because we are the right way, the right way, because we are all one. Thank you. Wow.
1: Thank you. So we've got 15 seconds to stare at each other. And when, hey. the, when the 15 uh, seconds ends, I need you to stay on. Cause I got a couple of questions that the listeners won't be able to hear. Maybe they will, if they're nice. Um, but I've got that for me. Sound good. Here we go.